This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. It's Derby Day. I am so pumped for today. I cannot tell you how excited I am. Yesterday's result, Manchester United beating Manchester City, gives Arsenal a massive opportunity. It would be the first time that Arsenal have won a game at Spurs' ground in the league since 2014, if they can pull it off. And we have never gone there in a better frame of mind, better available, better ready and prepared for this game than this very day. And I am so excited to be covering the game later on London. I'll be doing the live blog over there as well. Of course, I'll be bringing you the reaction to the game uh, this tomorrow morning uh, with a morning show. But today, uh, of course, with this being the Arsenal transfer show, we've got some things that we need to talk about. Of course, you know exactly what I am talking about at this stage. Um, and it is uh, Mihailo Mudrik. It is the ramifications of what is a hijacked deal. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Uh, in today's show, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be splitting this show into two kind of three parts. First part, I'm going to give you my thoughts, my feelings around everything that has happened in the last 12 hours or so, what this means for us, what it means to uh, the club going forwards in the January window and what we might see. Uh, I'm then going to be answering some of your questions in the chat box. And then we're going to be opening up the floor to those that would like to hop onto the channel and have their views heard on this very, very um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, provocative. That's probably a good word to use, uh, kind of topic that we're in. So uh, about halfway through the show, I'll be dropping in the link to join the today's show and you can come in and have a chat and have your concerns heard. I kind of want to hear from people that are frustrated. I want to hear from people that are questioning things and hopefully we can have a chat and put your minds at ease about things. So I'll be leaving a link to that a little bit later on in today's show. So, uh, I'll be putting those uh, those those links in uh, when I tell you a little bit later on. So let's kick off, uh, as always, first by telling you to drop a like on the video, subscribe if you're new. But the big news is that Chelsea have successfully hijacked Arsenal's move for Mihailo Mudrik. Uh, they put in a 70 million euro plus 30 million euro in add-ons bid yesterday afternoon after a delegation 
flew, flew to Poland, just like we told you that Edu had flown to Poland yesterday. To wrap up a deal quickly, they came in, they absolutely blew Arsenal's bid out of the water significantly. Not only did they bit, uh, kind of blow Arsenal out the water in regards to the amount of money that they offered up front, structurally, and with the achievable add-ons as well, but reportedly, according to the Independent, they also agreed to more than double the wage offer um, that Mudrik was being offered by Arsenal. Um, and so with all of those factors combined, it meant that indeed Shakhtar accepted the amount of money that they wanted for the player. And also they uh, Mudrik accepted the terms because Arsenal were not willing, despite having the offer, to agree to the same terms that Chelsea put forward. Arsenal were not willing to match that bid. They were not willing to go that high. And to set out the record straight of where I am, plain and simple, I'm disappointed. I'm gutted. I really wanted Mihailo Mudrik. I think he's a brilliant, brilliantly talented young footballer that clearly the club wanted a lot as well. Um, and because of that, uh, I am absolutely gutted that he won't be turning up for Arsenal in this January window. I hope he fails miserably. I think he's embarrassed himself significantly. You know, if you're going to pull this stuff onto your social media pages, you know, you've got to follow through with it. <laughs> but as I tweeted yesterday, clearly his desire to move to the Premier League in this window is a bigger priority to him than playing for Arsenal over Chelsea. And that's just the reality that we have to come to terms with. That is the reality that we have. Now, I saw Gabby Abonahol talking on TalkSport yesterday about how Chelsea had financially bullied Arsenal. I don't believe that to be the case. I think Shakhtar Donetsk have bullied Chelsea into paying exactly what they wanted for the player. Arsenal have a specific valuation that they have on players. They try and get the best value for money on deals that they can because we have spent far too many years overpaying for rubbish. And that's what it is. It's rubbish. We have overpaid for too many players in the past. Players like Squadron Mustafi giving 100k wages to, to Sayer Kalasnats, 200k plus wages to Willian, 80 million pounds on Lucas Perez, 55 million pounds on Alexandra Lacazette to then go and spend another 50 plus million pounds on another striker. And we pay with two, we're only a single striker system six months later. We have wasted too much money to be making these significant risks. And yesterday, I was embarrassed for a lot of the Arsenal fan base. I was embarrassed for how so many people reacted, how so many people suddenly lost their minds. Don't get me wrong. I was frustrated. I was angry. I was annoyed that this had happened. I wasn't annoyed at Arsenal. I was annoyed at the player. I was annoyed at the situation that we found ourselves in. I have so much respect for the fact that we weren't willing to break our principles to then ridiculously bid a stupid amount of money for a player, even more so than we were. And I said in yesterday's show, this isn't like I'm being a flip-flop or a hypocrite in all of this. I said to you in yesterday's show that I felt that we were arguably already overpaying for Mudrik with the last bid that we put in. And Chelsea have gone in with a bid that is far higher. You've got people out there saying that there's a 5 million euro difference between Arsenal and Chelsea's bids, which is so misrepresenting what the actual difference between the bids are. So the facts are, is that Chelsea have offered 70 million euros uh, as the guaranteed fee, with structurally a lot more of that 70 million euros up front. 
the add-ons that they've offered on top of that, the 30 million euros, are said to be significantly more achievable than what Arsenal's 20 to 25 million euro add-ons they put on. It is expected that Arsenal's add-ons included big chunks of that to be paid should Arsenal win the Premier League, should Arsenal win the Champions League, should Madrid win the Ballon d'Or, these types of scenarios. Much more far-fetched scenarios to then activate those clauses. Chelsea's are expected to be more in the realms of qualifying for the Europa League, qualifying for the Champions League, scoring a significant number of goals, making a significant number of appearances. They are believed to be so much more achievable than the ones that Arsenal were putting forward. And not only that, the Arsenal structure of the 70 million euro bid they put up was split up significantly greater in order to spread the cost over a lot longer period of time so they weren't paying as much up front. So if you see anyone trying to tell you that it's 5 million euros difference or 10 million euros difference and why didn't we just chuck an extra 5 million euros, that's wrong. It was completely and utterly misrepresenting the difference between the two bids. So, where does that leave us? Well, according to the latest information, Arsenal and Edu have made contact with Rafinha's agent, Deco. Of course, Arsenal went for Rafinha in the summer. So, in this situation, Arsenal's priority winger in the summer of 2022, we know was Rafinha. That's the player that we wanted. We knew that Barcelona were his priority. He's moved there. He's been unable to basically establish himself on that right-hand side because as Mane Dembele's form has been very good this season, he renewed his contract, as we know. And because of that, uh, Rafinha uh, hasn't been able to establish himself as much. So that means there is a uh, an opportunity for Arsenal, they feel, to maybe progress or pursue to see if this is possible. Now, a lot of people, again, misrepresented the Rafinha deal in the summer. Edu explained to Football London when Kaya Karnak was in the States for the preseason tour um, that Arsenal basically had gone in for the player Deco had told us that we'd only uh, we'd only have a chance, basically, if Barcelona were able to, unable to get him. He wanted to move to Barcelona. Arsenal backed out of things. Chelsea, of course, then came in with their situation as well um, and were told that Rafinha only wanted Barcelona. I imagine we'll get some information probably fairly quickly on this one. Uh, it's pretty obvious all that needs to happen is for Rafinha to show his openness to moving to Arsenal, whether or not we'll put a bid in for the player or not. We'll have to wait and see what happens there. Of course, there are other options for Arsenal out there in the market, and I plan on doing plenty more discussions around who might else we go for uh, and play and shows around, of course, the other alternatives that we might have. Now, we know that Arsenal have, of course, missed out on a number of their priority targets in the last couple of years. We've had Dusan Vlaovic, we've had Lissandro uh, Martinez, uh, and we've had, um, and now, of course, uh, Mihailo Mudrik. Now, with those three players, Arsenal managed to go and get Gabriel Jesus instead, and they managed to get Alexander Zinchenko instead of Martinez. And hopefully, Arsenal will be able to bring in a winger during this window instead of Mudrik. And where's that found us at top of the table? Potentially going eight points clear today, fingers crossed, at least five points clear at the top of the table still come the end of this weekend. If you want to be a club that acts like Todd Bowley is doing right now, if you want to, quote, financially bully the market with a scattergun approach that requires little to no thinking and that a five-year-old could operate on FIFA career mode, be my guest. But be happy sitting in 10th and trying to bully your way financially back up the table because there's no strategy there right now that we can see. And it's a problem. And they will certainly pay for that. They can't have this many forwards and there not be an issue. Let's see where they sit at the end of the season because if they don't make at least Europa League qualification for this season, there is going to be some very, very big problems at that club very, very quickly. 
I'm very happy being an Arsenal fan right now. I'm very happy doing what we're doing right now. I'm very happy with the way in which we're approaching the market and that we have our valuation for players and that we won't allow clubs to bend us over and make us pay whatever we, you know, far more than we want to pay for players. That's my feeling on this topic. Now, I can see there are a fair few people in the chat box that disagree with me. People that feel as though that I'm buying into I challenge those people to hop onto the channel right this very second. We are opening up the floor on this show for you guys to come onto the channel. So I'm going to leave a link in both the description and the chat box, and you can come onto the show right you disagree with me and come and tell me your thoughts and feelings as to why I am wrong. I want to really hear from people that think I am wrong on this. So please, if you need to refresh your stream, you can go and do that and you can join us. Anyway. We're going to move to part two shortly where we're going to get people onto the show. There is a link in the chat box for that. So let's go to part two and your questions and our phoning guests right after this. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. So uh, if you would like to come on the phone and show, uh, of course, you're going to need these things. You're going to need to be over the age of 18. You're going to need a webcam. You're going to need a microphone, a good internet connection, a quiet place to record. And of course, uh, to avoid swearing as much as you can. If you are indeed coming on on camera, which you have to be on camera if you want to come on. So I won't be adding people onto the stream that are just a, a little avatar or a little picture of Bakayo Saka, if you know what I mean, like you find on Twitter. Um, try and sit somewhere stable as well. Do not move the camera because uh, it creates such a distraction whilst people are indeed watching. Um, so yes, we're going to get the person who joined us first, which I believe is Bradley in the chat box. How you doing, mate? You good, Joel? I'm good. It's currently 3 a.m. here, but as I tweeted at you today, I was not missing the show for the world. <laughs> <laughs> so you've stayed up all night just to make sure you get on the phone and show this morning. Absolutely. I My That's roommates right. can attest I have been obsessing <laughs> over this window like a madman. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, tell me, um, Bradley, where's your head at uh, and what are you questioning after this whole situation? Well, uh, my initial reactions today, absolutely gutted. Uh, I was very disappointed. Um, but overall, looking back, doing some reflecting throughout the day, I'm happy that we didn't get him for the price that Chelsea paid for him. I think it's a massive overpay, and I think we dodged a mm. bullet. I think we potentially dodged another Pepe situation here. Fair enough. Yeah, look, I think that, that you kind of sit in the camp that I am. I think that the amount of money that 
eventually this deal has gone for has been pretty crazy and quite ridiculous. Um, I'll ask you, because obviously I'm, I'm, there's a lot of people I see are joining us now in the chat box, so I'll be kind of quickly going through these. So sorry you waited up all the really early in the morning, of course, for a short period at Bradley. In terms of kind of the criticism that Arsenal's getting, how do you feel about that right now? I um, honestly don't think they should be criticized too much uh, for uh, not matching the offer that Chelsea did. Uh, the only question I wouldn't necessarily have to ask you, and I would love to ask Arteta, is how does he feel about the situation? Uh, I want to know if he feels like the owners aren't necessarily backing him or if he had a personal conversation with the owners and said something like, hey, I don't want to overpay for this guy. I would rather invest the funds elsewhere in the squad. Mm. That's kind of how I'm feeling right now. If we don't end up signing anyone between now and the end of the window, how are you going to feel then? Absolutely disappointed, just like last year. Mm. And feel what, like- how would you feel about Edu and Arteta and, and people like that? Uh, less blame on Adu. No blame at all on Arteta. He has shown time and time again that he wants the backing. He wants the investment. And I think mm. Adu is doing the best that he can with what he is being provided. And it would all be uh, back on the Cronkies, in my opinion. Yeah, so you you would be pointing the fingers at the ownership, Bradley. 100%, yeah. yes. Okay, Bradley, thank you so much for your time this morning. And thank you for waiting up so late <laughs> to come on as well. Now, get to bed. Yes, <laughs> get I'm to going to bed, waking up right for the North London Derby. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Thank, <laughs> thank you for you. coming on. Really appreciate it. Cheers, fella. Massive thank you to Bradley. He's going to take a quick, uh, quick couple of super chats that have dropped into the chat box. Ethan says, can't lie, this one hurts, but we should all reserve judgment until February 1st. If we haven't signed anyone, then the fans have a reason to be angry. Uh, David, thank you for the donation. Show the table. It shows everyone uh, and everything we need to know right now. Of course, Arsenal being top of the table and potentially going eight points clear with a win today in the derby. Let's bring in Jacob to the conversation. How are you doing, Jacob? You good, Joel? Hello. Um, you can say I'm well. No, no London Not Derby good. day. So yeah, yeah. I'm I'm Just going well. back to the Not Arsenal good. life. Yeah, yeah. Something like this. How are you feeling, Jacob, about this situation right now? Um, when I found out the news that um, Chelsea is actually in Warsaw, and I am from mm. Poland, so I had you I was ran so over. angry. Please, Madrid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I was so angry. I would. I was willing to go to Warsaw and punch the Chelsea <laughs> Chelsea man up because, yeah, they are such an annoying speaking. club. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know, for the past few years, I think. I think we've seen this situation lots of times and mm. it's really frustrating to get another one. Um, what I will say, though, is I am very happy that Arsenal basically stayed in their valuation of the player and they were really like strong in their believings how, how much the player is worth. Mm. And I'm happy that, you know, we sit on top of the table and he can go to the 10th club in the league. No problem. If I, like I asked Brandon a second ago, um, Bradley, sorry, if I um, said to you that by the end of this window, Arsenal haven't brought in a forward acquisition, where are you kind of feeling and where are you pointing the fingers at that stage? Oh, that would be catastrophic basically, Mm. because that would be the second January window that we miss out the opportunity to end the season with a bang. Because, yeah, last year there was the whole Lachovic situation. And with this situation we're at at the moment, I'm worried that this kind of thing might happen because we lost out to our two primary targets. And basically, I don't 
see any alternatives in the in the market. So, mm. so yeah, Rafinha absolutely doesn't, doesn't excite you if that was to be an option. It it would definitely, but I just don't see it happening because mm. he wanted Barcelona so much. And yeah, um, yeah if he'll be willing to leave Barcelona, that's that's great. So we can go for him basically. But uh, yeah, you don't know if Chelsea would come with a hundred million bid and over time and <laughs> steer him away from us again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jacob, thank you so much uh, for your time jumping on this morning, giving your thoughts. Really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you very much. Thanks, man. Enjoy the derby. Speak to you soon. Massive thank you to Jacob. Let's get a quick couple of comments in the chat box. Uh, Jelly Pig says Rafael Liao or Kvarat Schelia and Declan Rice. And we are genuine, consistent title challenges for the next few years. Francis says this is a big L. We need to look at sustaining our position at the top and building a squad that can compete in the Champions League as well as the Premier League. That means spending. Uh, and a quick super chat from Matt uh, says, as Ukrainian myself, I think it's pathetic that Mudrit will be playing for a fan base that sings Abramovich's name during moments of silence in the stadium. I can't say I feel too comfortable with that either. Um, let's go to Earl, uh, who's going to be joining us now. How are you doing, Earl? You good, Joel? Yes, mate. You? Yeah, very good, man. Considering it's Derby Day, I'm pretty nervous, but I'm, I'm doing good. No, I'm sure we'll beat him today. I'm sure. Fingers we will. crossed, man. Fingers yeah. been too long. How are you feeling about this this whole fiasco? Well, I think that it, Mudrik, he, he said he wanted to come. He'd done all mm. that stuff on social media. And he ain't come. I don't. I don't understand what type of person that is. I think okay. he's going to look like an idiot. Mm. And I'm not happy. He with might the do board. already. <laughs> yeah. okay. I, I'm not happy with the board because really they should have just got it done. You know, like they did just before preseason, they should have got it done. So it was all just done quickly. So first mm. of January, he should have been at the club. Simple as that. And if, I, on that first of January, just to challenge you on that point quickly, like because. Yeah. Obviously, Shakhtar have continuously said that they won't sell unless it's for that 100 million euro. We offered mm. that 70 plus, I think it was 20 to 25. So we got as high as nearly 95 as a total package. Yes, there's mm. add-ons. Yes, there's structures involved in that bid. But you're very close. And yet there wasn't mm. still, there wasn't a like an acceptance in that moment that they wanted to do that mm. deal. They were still being, not patient, but they were still being kind of uh, resistant to that offer. How, if you so, I'm trying to word this the right way. If you'd have seen Arsenal put in that 70 million euros plus 30 million euros for Mudrik mm -hmm. as a player of the profile that he is, with the what we know about him as a player, the offer of the wages at around a hundred thousand pounds per week, as they're reportedly expected to be, do you not think that overpaying would have had its drawbacks potentially? And what else we need to do? Well, I just think I trust Arteta mm. in his recruitment. So if he wants a player and he definitely wants that player. I believe we should trust him because I was actually one of the guys that actually listened to what Arteta said from the beginning and had his back from day one. Mm. So it's like, because you've said it yourself, if you if everyone actually listened to what he said, you can see everything that he said, was what he was trying to do has come has come true now. Yeah. So I just, I just I'm well let down, to be fair. I think he's let down as well. Mm. And I yeah, think he will be. There must be some financial fair play going on with um, Chelsea because I don't understand how they can spend that much money in, in the two last windows. 
it makes it makes no sense to me how mm. it's happening. Um, what I would yeah. say is that surely there is encouragement that you see them spending that much and we'll look where they sit and look where we yeah. sit. So there must be something right about what we're doing. Yeah. Well, mm. I'm not happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, neither am I, mate. Well, fingers crossed. We can not only get yeah. a result today, but we see... I yeah, think cool. I've got three players I would like at Arsenal. Yeah, One's Marcus Yeah. And the other one's Matoma. And the main one, if we've got any bloody ambition, we need to get Bellingham at this club. Drew Bellingham, yeah. yeah. If we win the league, mm. I don't know why he wouldn't come, to be fair. Champions League, we can afford wages. We can afford the wages. But the wages is the stumbling block, I think, for me, because he's yeah. when you've got City saying they're going to give him 300,000 or quid a week, I just can't see us doing that. I just what, can't see Bamiang? it. Aubameyang, how much do we Yeah, I know. And, and look what happens. <laughs> at least give it to someone that's worth it, isn't it? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on. Do you want to give a shout out to your channel? Is that a channel that you got? Um, sort of, yeah. Big up to my channel and big up to my missus and children. Lovely stuff, mate. Appreciate you jumping on, fella. Have a good day. Enjoy the derby. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Have a good one, fella. Much thank you to Earl. Uh, let's again take a couple of comments from the chat box. I can see there are a lot of people. I can see there's a lot of people below me. So if you are waiting patiently, I'm going to try and get as many people as I on, guys. But uh, sorry if I can't get you all on at the same time and all on throughout the show. Um, Vegas Guna says, or Gunner, sorry, says, Tom, I'm disappointed that we haven't signed a player yet and it didn't have to be Mudrick. On another note, I believe that we can still do better than Edu. Let's wait and see, I guess. Uh, Crossfire says, it might be because Chelsea doesn't have that debt uh, since they've been bought out. Potentially, that was obviously a big thing with the whole takeover situation. Uh, let's get our next one on. Uh, Chris, how you doing, mate? You good, you well? Good morning, Tom. How are you? Was, uh, you know, mixed. I didn't sleep that well. I was waiting yeah. for this morning. I just wanted you to, you know, make it make sense. Uh, <laughs> have I made it make sense at all? <laughs> yeah, a bit. Well, I had some time to think it over, but you know, yeah. yesterday it all happened so quickly. My cousin came to my city, and I was going to a dinner with him and his and his family. Mm-hmm. And before I was leaving uh, my house, I saw the news uh, on Twitter. And then during the dinner, I was doing you know the most rude thing that you can do. I was checking yeah. my phone constantly, yeah, because I wanted to know what's happening. And I, I won't lie, it was shocking. You know, I didn't expect that. Mm. How does it make you feel about the club? That's what I'm really trying to get. Because there's a lot of anger being directed towards Edu, Arteta, um, the, the Cronkies. Maybe less so Arteta, but certainly Edu and the Cronkies. Uh, to be honest, I, I'm still not truly convinced about Edu. Uh, I think that uh, aside from Odegaard deal, uh, he didn't show me anything uh, spectacular because, mm. uh, you know, um, Ben White is a great player. Ramsdale is a great player for us, but he overpaid for both of these deals at the moment. Uh, so, Oh, do you not, not like... think they're worth what we paid for them at the moment? Yeah, they are, but they weren't oh, at okay. the moment. That's what I mean. At that... the time we bought them, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I'm not uh, overly... Um, confident about what he's been doing but i also understand why they didn't want to go higher because uh, for me it's not about just this one deal uh if you agree to what Shakhtar wanted and pay mm. 100 million then every other team that you go to in the summer for any mm. other player will know that you are willing to bend over and you know do whatever yeah. they want so i think that yes. in the end it was a smart decision not to do that because now uh, we are in a good negotiation position for any further transfers people will know that uh, we are not the team that will do whatever others want. Hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, you look at Chelsea now. Yes, they're spending yeah. a lot of money, but they're going to have to spend the maximum on every player they want because they have just, as you say, bent over to the idea of of spending that. Um, you look at Ralph Felix, ridiculous. United, arguably, in a, a similar yeah. position as well with the Anthony and Lissandra Martinez deals, yes. And I think, uh, yeah, there is a benefit absolutely from Arsenal having this principal position. Yes, there's a big drawback in that you might not always get the players that you absolutely want. But in the long term, and as we're seeing in this project of where we are right now in the table and the squad that we've built so far, it's absolutely having a positive impact. Final word from you, Chris. You know, excited for today. Let's hope we win. And I think if we do, uh, the mood will change. Uh, the fans will be happy again. And then, you know, we move forward. And hopefully there are some targets that they are looking at currently. Mm, so, you know, let's have a great day, everybody. <laughs> and absolutely. Let's hope that we win. Chris, thank Cheers. you so much for your time, mate. Excellent. And Bye. I'll speak to you soon. Uh, let's bring in Dylan to the conversation. Dylan's been waiting very patiently. How are you doing, Dylan? You good, Joel? Yeah, not too bad, Tom. How are you getting on? Yeah, I've, I've had better mornings, I'll be honest. I've had better yeah. mornings, mate. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. Tell me how you're feeling. Uh, just taking it all in, man. I woke up with a, with a bit of a sour taste in my mouth, it has to be hmm. said. Um, I was, yeah, I couldn't stop checking my bone yesterday, just like the last guy said, just yeah. constantly, constantly trying to get involved. Um, I mean, I'm trying to trying to think about what's not already been said. I just I'm trying to work out the Chelsea fan base must be feeling because half of them, half of them just want the club to spend properly, and the other half are just trying to wave this transfer in our face, and it, mm. it just doesn't make any sense in their regard either. Like this player has been calling us for like the past two, three months, and now yeah, you know you see what's happened. Yeah. I mean, you look at that Chelsea team and the immediate thing that strikes me is they need a bloody midfielder. Like, ASAP. Yeah, exactly. Enzo Fernandez, mm. And they, they weren't willing to pay over the, over the premium for Enzo Fernandez, who'd actually fit their system and all of their fans are screaming out for it. And they've mm. just gone for somebody who's got Arsenal in their heart. They have a, they have a Bamiyang as well. Like, you know, they're, they're all screaming at how many mercenaries they've got in their team and they've just gone and signed another one. It's, mm. It doesn't make any sense. And I don't, I don't, I don't see it boding well for them as well, especially that kind of price tag. You know, that, that can weigh quite heavily over a player's head. Right. How are you feeling regarding Arsenal specifically and, and how they've handled this? Well, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not like effing and blinding about our ownership, really. I mean, to be honest, I'm kind of glad we didn't uh, pay over premium for him. Uh, when it comes down to it, we signed Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko off off missing a few tra transfer targets last last year. So, to be mm. honest, I, I trust the process. I trust I trust Arteta. I feel like we are gonna we are gonna make better decisions. And at the end of the day, if this means that we we're we're more able to sign a midfielder as well as a forward, then I think it puts us in a better position. I think I already thought we were, we were overspending on him. I kind of just wanted to get out of the way because I did think it would yeah. be a, a big push in the right direction. But at the end of the day, if this means we can sign like a Link a bit savage potentially, or maybe maybe a Trossard, despite um <laughs> despite what came out recently. Or yeah. what I'd really want is Matoma, to be honest. The better of the wingers, at, the better the better of the wingers at Brighton at the moment, as far as I <laughs> as far as I consider. But um, yeah, I mean maybe maybe this paves the way for something good in the future. At the end of the day, he wanted to come to us, and now they've just got a mercenary. But, I, I, yeah, I, I hope you're right regarding Arsenal because it's it's difficult because we're speaking now literally slap bang in the middle of the January transfer window. So we exactly. don't know. We still have 16 days. days left. Indeed. And we've yeah. got to a position whereby, you know, we were in discussions with the arguably the hardest club to negotiate with on the continent with a price tag yeah, demand. With their situation. Well exactly. With their with situation. Situation. Yeah. I thought, as I said the other day, Clive on the Arsenal Vision podcast summed it up perfectly. Why should we have to pay? 
for the situation that they're in. It's a really unfortunate situation. Yeah. But it's, it's not on us to, to have to really overpay for a player because of that. And Chelsea have, have ultimately done that. Um, so a final word for you, Dylan. I, obviously, I think you've spoken really well on, on this topic. So I'm keen to get your thoughts on, on today's game as well. So North London derby, how are you feeling? Stop. Come on, you gunners. Indeed. Bring it on. That's what needs to be said. <laughs> Dylan, thank you so much for your nice time. Take care. Catch up soon, bro. Much appreciate that from Dylan. Let's get Mohamed Basha into the chat box. How are you doing, mate? You good, you well? I'm good, good morning. How are you, Tom? Very good, mate. How are you? All good, all good. Alhamdulillah. I mean, sure? other than... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, listen, man, I'm as uh, frustrated and uh, angry as you. Mm. And also exactly uh, where you are in terms of I'm happy we didn't spend all that money on mm. that guy. I would have loved to see him in an Arsenal shirt, yeah, but not for that amount of money. Thank you. Uh, on the other hand, I mean, I have two uh, young men. My, both my uh, sons are Chelsea fans. So oh, no, I'm <laughs> so sorry. How did you let that happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of let them choose, and uh, by the time they were starting to really get into football, it was Chelsea's time. So, uh, but anyways, I mean, uh, listen, I'm not panicking. Uh, I trust that we have a plan, but on the other hand, I also think that any good plan must have a a plan B or a backup Mm -hmm. plan. And I'm expecting for some reason that there is a plan B somewhere in a drawer that's being pulled out of that drawer now and being put into action. Yeah. And that would be far-fetched. I mean, everybody knows that we, we're we in a very good place, but we still need to uh, improve on so many fronts, on the way we manage the club, transfers, uh, players need to improve, Arteta needs to improve, Edo needs to improve. We all know that. So yeah. I look for the lessons learned here. Yeah. Where do we need to really improve? Uh, and also, when I think about the plan B, uh, I've always questioned how we've uh, managed to uh, position Mudlik as the solution, the one mm. thing that Arsenal needs now, this season, taking into account where we are and our uh, squad, how thin our squad. Every Our manager keeps saying we have a very thin squad in it every does, yeah. single conference. So we can all agree on that, right? And I never understood how the plan that was initially number one we have to uh, add to the squad in jan number Mm. two top priority is a midfielder Mm. that has gone out of the discussion completely yeah so because of injury to be fair yeah yeah Yeah. exactly so uh, if i think again come back to the plan b thing uh getting paying 100 mil for one player as opposed to paying the same amount of money for three ready players with for can bring us immediate impact we all know next summer window is going to be the france the free transfer window with the names and the number of players right so i I, i'm assuming that arsenal has a shopping list and that shopping list had at least two or three free agents that we get Mm -hmm. next summer so my question is is now the time to pay an extra 15 or 20 mil for each of those three players that we have waiting on our shopping list as free transfers. For example, if we say Ndika, just for argument's sake, if mm-hmm. we say yeah. Kilimans and Ndika, for example, uh, should I wait for the summer or should I pay an extra 15, 20 for each of them and get them now for immediate impact? Mm. Um, so that's basically what I'm waiting for. How are we going to react? Uh, two weeks have, have gone. Clubs already know that we have the money, so they will be also pressuring us. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, yes, we all agreed that the window, January window, is tough and uh, takes time, and we expected Mutlik to be on our uh, on conclave on uh, January second, yeah. which didn't happen. Now it's even tougher. So uh, the next forty-eight hours are key for me, and I'm waiting to see how the club will react. Yeah, I think that's the key thing. Is that it's it's obviously I'm I wanted to get people's kind of immediate thoughts today, and we'll probably do another one of these phone-ins at the end of the window because it's impossible to know really how we feel, I guess, until we see how, as you say, the club reacts or yeah. what is the backup plan. Because what you have to say is that in the last eighteen months, the backup plans have been bloody good. We didn't get Vlaovic, we got Jesus. We didn't get Lissandra Martinez, we got Zinchenko. We didn't get Buendia, we got Erdegaard. So the way in which we've reacted to not getting maybe a player that we wanted initially has been very positive and proactive. And you have to give credit to uh, both Edu and Arteta and the recruitment team for, for pulling those off. But you're right, this is probably the biggest challenge in the market we've faced at this point, and we have an opportunity sure. this season that we can't waste. Final words, Basher, on this? Um, looking forward for uh, the game today. I have a very good feeling, uh, especially I'm expecting a reaction from the players over uh, the normal reaction for the derby. But I mean, uh, let's not panic, guys. We're in a very good place and uh, hopefully uh, things are going to go our way. Fingers crossed, mate. Thank you for jumping on the show right. this morning. Really appreciate have it. A great day. Have a good no, day, bro. Much See you later. Much appreciate that from Mohamed Basha, one of our uh, long-term listeners in the chat box, regular contributor as well. Asmaron, thank you for the question, Tom. How do AFC recruitment improve on closing deals during transfer windows? Edu needs to do similar to Liverpool with Gakpo and Diaz. Avoid delays, hijack drama and bidding wars. It's it's, diff- it's a honestly, it's a difficult question to answer because the, the obvious answer for that is to go, well, you just pay what the club want and you do what Chelsea are doing. And then I look at where Chelsea are and I look at what Chelsea are doing and I'm like, I don't really want to do that because you can see the impact that that has on the squad, on the manager, on what they're doing this season. So Arsenal need to stick to the way, in my opinion, about being their principles, having their values of players and not paying over the odds stupidly for players. Yes, I think sometimes you can go a bit beyond what you want to pay. And I think we we did that with our third bid for Madrid, but ultimately it still proved not to be enough. Paul, thank you for the donation. Tom, we're at the top. Without Madrid, I'm disappointed, but I'm sure the club will bring in quality, support the club, and let's focus on winning the North London derby. There was another quick donation as well before I get our next guest on. Uh, I may have lost it, though. I'm trying to scroll up the frantic there's over 2,000 of you watching in the chats ah monica uh, why are we looking for a winger when we have smith rowe and i think monica it's a fair question you would argue if mudrick came in that's martinelli that's smith rowe that's uh, mudrick that can all play on the left and yet on the right hand side we look at saka and go behind saka you've probably got maybe vieru plays out of position maybe martinelli plays out of position and then you've got two kids basically i know nelson's not really a kid anymore but the level you've got nelson and marquinhos I think Rafinha, know who we're being linked to, who is a right winger, arguably from a positional standpoint, makes a bit more sense. Uh, let's bring in uh, Zaman, who's been waiting patiently in the chat box. Uh, Zaman, how you doing, mate? You good, you well? Good, good. Here, tuning in from Canada. Shout awesome out to Canada. I could tell almost immediately that's where you were joining us from. But thank <laughs> you for jumping on, mate. Tell me how you're feeling at the moment. Oh, it's devastating. I woke up this morning, like usual. My morning routine now is just t- checking on transfer news. So I went on. I'm so sorry, I've done that to your life. I can only apologize. Because <laughs> I was I was here. Um, was it yesterday or two days ago? I heard that Edu was going to Poland to shut, yesterday? shut down yep. the deal. Yep. So I was like, yep, we've got this done. We've got our guy. We're winning the league. And then today, <laughs> yeah. I, get, I see the tweet. Maurizio reports it like Chelsea are in for him. But like, nah, mm. no big deal. He wants Arsenal. Yeah. No, no need to worry. And then boom, in the span of like 30 minutes whole day ruined mm. 
Yeah, yeah. no, I was exactly the same place as you. Yes, I was. Even when I was at, um, I was actually at a League Two game yesterday in the afternoon because I had a spare afternoon off, and I went to go watch Gillingham, and it was half time, and the, the the tweet came off my phone, and my immediate reaction was, ah, oh, like kind of crap, but at the same time. You know, he really wants Arsenal. Like he, I've never seen a player make it more clear that they want a club. So at the moment, I'm not too concerned. But then obviously when things progress later into the evening, it became very clear that things were changing. So are you like, where are you kind of directing your frustration? Are you annoyed at the club for the way in which this has happened? Or are you understanding of the situation? Honestly, I'm not too annoyed at the club because paying $100 million for Mudrik mm. is insanity. Because this guy, what, he's been on for like one season one and a half seasons, paying $100 million for him. Like, as as we've seen in the past, $100 million for players just doesn't work. Grealish do, didn't work. Anthony hasn't worked. I know he just got there. Mm. Not, no, he's not that good. Look at big transfers. Jao Felix to Atletico didn't work. Philip Coutinho didn't work. So, personally, I think Mudrik joined the worst possible club to join. Well, I'm not going because... well, there is Spurs. <laughs> no, I meant like for his... I know career. exactly what you mean. I'm just because... being facetious. <laughs> But then Chelsea's track record with attackers is awful. And look at the attackers they already have. They have Aubameyang, Sterling, Havertz, Felix, Ziyech, Pulisic. Why do they need Mudrik? Mm. Surely yeah. they have to sell at least half of those guys, right? Oh, they're going to have to move some of them on. Like, there's no doubt that they're going to... Yeah, as you say, Pulisic, Havertz, Aubameyang can play in a wide area, Sterling. You've got Callum Hudson-Odoi coming back in the summer. Um, who's on loan at Bayer Leverkusen. Um, I'm sure there's more. That Ziyech is still there as well. Um, you know, it's mad when you think about it. Um, and as I talked about with, with Dylan when he was on, they wanted a midfielder. That's the position that they need. And yet it seems like the only way that Todd Bowley's going about things right now, he's looking at what other teams are doing. He sees that Arsenal, Ralph Felix goes and signs Ralph Felix. He sees that Arsenal interest in Mudrik, goes and signs Mudrik. The problem is now is that if Arsenal in the summer win the league and Chelsea finish outside the Champions League, what on earth is that going to stand the two clubs in, in in terms of where they're fighting for things? Because they're going to have to overpay even more and even more. They're digging themselves this massive hole. And Kunku, uh, Lukaku as well, Temi says, they're bringing in Nkunku in the summer. As a lot. I forgot about him too. Oh, my God. It's crazy when you look at it that way. So yeah. I'll ask you a final question, Zalan, because as we've said, and it's it's quite funny because obviously I've seen a lot of people in the chat box saying, Edu's a disgrace, Edu out, Kronk is out. And yet none of them are here talking yet. Maybe I'm missing them and maybe they're waiting. Um, but uh, how do you feel about kind of the anger being directed towards the club because of this at the moment? Um, like, I get it because that was kind of how I felt initially when the when the story first dropped. My initial reaction was like, why would Arsenal do this? Yeah. I can't believe they've done this again. Like, this keeps happening. Seemingly, it happened to Lissandra Martinez. Yeah, happened to so many other. Happened to Rafinha. Same thing with Chelsea again. Happened with Joao Felix a couple like a week ago, right? So I was really frustrated with Eddie. It was like, what is he doing? But mm-hmm. I do kind of get it. Just like paying that much money for a player, we don't want to overpay because that's gonna affect us in future transfers. Clubs are gonna expect big money from us, mm-hmm. which like we are a rich club, but we're not Newcastle, Man City, Chelsea rich. We're yeah. not. We're not. 100 million spend on a player rich we've done that with pepe and that didn't work so mm. honestly it is what it is as long as we get someone in mitoma rafinha liao liao's not happening but please get liao yeah <laughs> i'm willing it into existence i can appreciate that zaman thank you so much for your time mate and uh, and thanks for tuning in in the mornings so i pre- i'm sorry i've ruined your routines <laughs> good. Good. have a good day bro against spurs 2-0 marnelli scoring Fingers crossed, mate. Fingers crossed. Have a great day. Enjoy it. See you later.
much appreciate that from Zama. We've got a couple of uh, more super chats, I think, in the chat box to tackle. Um, Abdullahi, or Abdullahi, sorry, says, uh, since uh, you are ready to stand for this club in whatever they do, do get ready for to be abused by some of our fans. Mind you, we aren't winning the next two games. <laughs> Fingers crossed you're wrong, Abdullahi. I don't think it's necessarily around, you know, standing whatever they do. I've been critical. You guys have been watching the channel for a long time. No, I've criticised decisions that the club have made. You guys know that after Villarreal, I couldn't see a way forward for Mikel Arteta. After they missed out on Buendia, I did a show that went kind of mad and probably got the most views we've had in the last two years where I really bashed the club for not getting Buendia. How stupid do I look now? You know, I can be wrong about things and, and you can be critical at the same time. Matt says, I wanted to outweigh my negative comment with a positive one. It's Derby Day. Come on, Arsenal. Beat Spurs. Enjoy everyone and be well. Thank you, Matt, as well. Uh, let's bring in uh, Real Raptor, who's been voting very patient. He was actually, I think, one of the first ones to jump on. How are you doing, mate? You good, Joel? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's my second time here. Yeah, it is. I think I thought I recognized yeah, yeah. the name. Yes, Raptor yeah, yeah. is not a name you forget quickly. So, <laughs> yes, <laughs> tell me how you're feeling, mate, about the situation. Okay, when I heard the news that Madrid was uh, going to Chelsea, mm. uh, you can hear me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, because uh, the thing is, that I was just drinking. I was, I'm sorry, it's, <laughs> it's okay. I think I may need more than just a drink also to get over it. But yeah, the thing is that uh, Madrid was going to Chelsea and when we heard the news, I was thinking, oh, maybe Ornstein is just, uh, you know, trolling us and all that. But it turns out to <laughs> why be Why would real. he do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, why would he do that? You know, I mean, like, we all got the thoughts that Chelsea got too many players. And if they were to get Madrid, they have to loan out some players, right? But they haven't started doing that as well. And the thing is that, I mean, why go there? Maybe, you know, it's because uh, he can see more playing time there. I don't mm. know. But the thing is that, uh, you know, Arsenal didn't fancy him and didn't want to buy him over the over the valuation. And because of that, Chelsea were desperate enough and they just got their man. Mm. I think, and if if you were to put it down to comparison between the previous window, right? Okay, previous window, we tried to sign Vlahovic. And the thing is that that one happened on uh, deadline day, like 30th Jan or something like that. And mm-hmm. we barely didn't we didn't have enough time to you know sort out for a replacement for Vlahovic. By then it was too late, and we yeah. end up with nothing. You know what I mean? And, we and the other options to... in that window, I mean, you think about we were linked yeah. with I think Jonathan David was mentioned, uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin was the other one. That uh, yes, yes, about. yes. So the alternatives, you know, I, but we I'm didn't sure, we didn't yeah. have we didn't have time. That's why. Mm. But now we do, you know. And the thing is that we still have time to look for other alternatives. So I hope we do use that time well. And maybe you can find better players, you know, mm. that kind of thing. What if uh, we don't? What are you uh, going to be feeling if we don't? Okay, do if we don't, I'll be quite disappointed because, uh, you know, just like last season, we could have used this uh, transfer window to spearhead us, maybe to challenge for the title and, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, it would really affect us. Uh, but I hope, you know, we still, we still go through and then we still get points. And while our players uh, like Jesus is coming back from injuries, can still try to fit into the squad and score more goals. Uh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. As, as far as uh, for the derby th- as well? Yes. Uh, for the derby, I mean, compared to the Newcastle game, I am not entirely confident for this game because it's New- uh, uh, Tottenham at mm. White Hart Lane and we haven't had good history over there. You know, if you were to ask me, would you prefer play Tottenham or Chelsea at your own home ground? I'll say Chelsea. Oh yeah, Chelsea. So, too. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, like Stamford Bridge is our second home ground, so yeah. But mm. but you know, this White Hart Lane will be a tricky fixture. So mm. I hope we get three points there. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Raptor, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on this morning. Yeah, really mate. appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, mate. Have a good thank morning. You, Enjoy you. the derby. See you later. Much appreciate that from uh, Raptor there. A Vegas Gunner, thank you for the donation. Do you know why we go as well? Paolo, three million for Marquinhos when we didn't have to. Some decisions have to be questionable. Yes, I do know the reason. Uh, there was an opportunity to build a relationship with a club that I've ironically supplied Shakhtar Donetsk with all teams. Uh, plenty of quality players. You think back to David Neres, you think back to uh, Anthony came. Did Anthony come for a Sao Paulo? I feel as though he did. Um, and of course, there's one other. Casemiro is the other one. Um, and we had an opportunity there in negotiations to either take advantage of a situation that was developing and pay nothing and get Marquinhos or maintain a strong relationship with a club that has produced a lot of talent for an amount of money that we know is is next to negligible uh, for Arsenal. So, yes, that's why uh, we did that. Um, I can see uh, no, we've got Noasa in the chat box. Edu is a big-time disgrace, and the board are too. I think I've seen a couple more comments like this as well. I think there was Henrik in the chat box saying this... Um, where is it? Let me find it, the comment. But there's a lot of negative comments. Uh, here we go. Eric says, this whole organization is rotten from the very core. Now, uh, if you do join us and you are one of the people that are waiting patiently down below, leave a message in the private chat saying that you feel indeed like these guys because I'm struggling to find people that are feeling the same way. It seems that very much easy to, to say this in a chat box and not so easy to say this uh, on the show. So let's see if we can get some of you on. There's a private chat you can use. Uh, Knights has been waiting well patiently as well. Knights, how you doing, mate? You good, Joel? Yeah, uh, fighting off the uh, COVID jitters. I got the booster the oh, other I'm so day. sorry to hear that. I nah, hope you feel better uh, soon, mate. Uh, I, I'm wide and awake now, so here we are. Um, I was <laughs> actually going to talk about... do that to you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you probably shouldn't pull me in because I actually didn't care about the Budrick deal falling apart uh, specifically because I felt we were overpaying for him. Even mm. when we hit like maybe the 50 mil mark, I would say he isn't really worth more than that for a couple of reasons. One mm. uh, Ukrainian league. Uh, it has its, it has its promises. It has sure. its perks, but it's, if you're basing it off the amount of time that he's been performing at that level, I'm not convinced. Um, so the news falling apart didn't really surprise me, uh, particularly when I saw Chelsea had hijacked the uh, yeah. hijacked the bid. Chelsea uh, tend to have a tendency to uh, poach either former or current Arsenal uh, targets, so that's uh, that's something. Um, as for far players that I think we could probably bring in, I would actually want to see a kind of an upset and us poach Connor Gallagher from uh, Chelsea. Really? I think he could fit in. He fits Edu's profile a lot. Same with Mitoma and Trossard. Although mm. I think Trossard has a little bit too much of an ego to potentially fit Sounds in at Arsenal. Way. If the things that are coming out rumor-wise are to be believed, which you know you always have to take those with a grain of salt. But nonetheless, uh, I think Declan Rice, Tielemans, and McAllister are players that we could probably go for this window, specifically because of the fact that their contracts are short, running out, and that they have the missing qualities and positions that we need uh, if only to supplement positions that we already have. Uh, like I've seen a couple times in the comment section, people saying that uh, we're missing like two or three key players from going for a title challenge. I would mm -hmm. say that's fair to a degree. However, I would say that our squad got us this far. We should at least have some degree of faith, particularly going into the NLD. It's just my thoughts. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that, I share the position, obviously, that you're that you're in right now, and, and no, I do appreciate you ringing in as as well. I think that it's, I, I agree in the point of what we've done so far. The question marks are going to be around how we react to this. Exactly. How confident are you that we will in this window in particular? 
Yeah, because uh, football is a is a lot of uh, mental games, be it on the player side as well as playing mind games with opposition. And it'll be interesting to see how Arsenal bounce back from this in particular. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, no, thank you so much for being yeah, patient no and for coming on. Really appreciate it. Great talking to you. Likewise. Have a good evening and enjoy Thanks. the derby as well. Have fun. Yeah. Take care. See you later. A massive thank you to Knight there. Let's bring in Tabrez into the conversation. Tabrez, how are you doing, mate? You good, Joel? Oh, you're on mute at the moment. Just take yourself off mute quickly. It's at the bottom left-hand corner of your screen. You should be able to find it. There you go. Can you hear me now, Tom? I can indeed. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Tom. How are you? Long-time listener. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for jumping on. I, you have a different view to mine. I'm I'm really uh, looking forward to hearing it. Tell me what it is. Um, I'm not happy, Tom. I'm hmm. not happy with the way it went down and the way you are uh, expressing it as if there was some massive difference between our bid and Chelsea's bid. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Who decides what is the cost? You have many times in your shows told us that mm-hmm. the market decides that. So the market yeah. decided that it's 100 million instead of the 95 that we offered. And so now we just step back and say, oh, it was too much. From the beginning, it was too much. Our coach mm-hmm. wanted this guy. Mm-hmm. We, we are sure, we, from the conversations he has had in the media, we know that he was, we were chasing this guy for our coach. And now it turns out, okay, because we didn't get him, 95 was too much for him. And this narrative is building that, oh, we cannot afford to make mistakes again. 60 million Real Madrid spend on Endrick without mm. you know him being any established player. It's just potential. They have, I'm sure clubs have some metrics they, they, that a player needs to meet, maybe physical, uh, maybe mental, that that they evaluate the cost of a player for. If we were mm. ready to go to 95, what stopped us from the last five? Mm. That is the just, I, that just, Let me question and you are because I need to obviously first of all to be able to respond, understand your understanding of the situation. What's your understanding of the difference between Arsenal and Chelsea's bids? Uh, the the my um, intuition is that it was the salary. That was what pushed it to their side. So the difference between the salaries, as I understand it, is that Arsenal agreed with Mudrik and his representatives a wage of around thirty-five to forty thousand pounds a week, around that figure. Yes. And that was agreed and has been agreed for some time uh, on a five-year contract. I think it was. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea's offer to Mudrik and his people to convince him to move to Chelsea instead of waiting for Arsenal was, uh, according to the Independent nearly double that. So you're looking at around £100,000 per week-ish is the estimation of what he's been offered on a seven-year contract. Yeah, yeah, some are saying 200000 as well. Yeah, it's, but, I don't think yeah. it's 200000 I think it's close to 100000 yeah. um, on a seven-year deal. So you're paying an extra £10 million across those two extra years, let's say. The difference between yes. the bids, as I understand it, is that Arsenal's bid of €70 million Euros guaranteed is structured in a certain way so that it's, it's spread across those five years. Uh, Chelsea's bids of 70 million euros guaranteed fee, as I understand it, is a lot more being paid immediately and structured so that a lot more is paid earlier on. The add-ons differ, mm-hmm. where Arsenal's add-ons are like 20 to 25 million euros to take it to that 90 to 95. Their add-ons yeah. are based upon Arsenal, say, winning the uh, winning the Premier League, um, winning potentially the Champions League, Madrid getting, say, the I believe Ball. Chelsea's add-ons have the same uh Chelsea's add-ons are far more achievable is the understanding so it's like qualification for the Champions League qualification for the Europa League a certain number of appearances and goals from Mudrik that's the understanding is that their add-ons are a lot more achievable 
than Arsenal's offer of their add-ons? Tom, I, I think maybe three days ago, mm. you were admonishing the chat. You were saying deals are complex. Deals take time. We have no knowledge of it. Yeah. This is a frustration with Arsenal for 10 years now. There is mm. always that 1 million, maybe that 2 million that we always seem to want to hold back. The deal mm. doesn't always materialize with both parties agreeing. Arsenal is always the one, no, we'll give you three less. Maybe we'll give you five less. Maybe we'll give you one pound more. This is how it's been always. This situation with Chelsea and Madrid, it is a very recent. As they, they brought in Joao Felix, of course, this is an assumption I'm making from the news I consume mm -hmm. on YouTube. Uh, yeah, yeah. They were happy with Felix. Madrid, yeah, they had with inquired about him but they were not any serious but as soon as they saw two of their uh, attackers they were injured and then felix got three match ban this pushed them in my opinion yeah. to go all out for mudrick and mm -hmm. we are here okay we'll give you 60 first maybe then 70 okay then maybe yeah. 95 we have reached the fight we reached the threshold in which in my opinion Shakhtar and arsenal came to an agreement okay we'll do this deal only the I, as you have uh the so they that there was the intention was the add-ons. We made the third bid that was sent in, and then they didn't accept that. They continued to discuss how the add-ons would. They weren't. They didn't agree to how Arsenal had basically structured their add-ons in that deal. Chelsea's yeah. Bid, so I the add-on structure was what was yeah holding the deal. That back. was the main thing. You know, so Chatter yeah. were willing to yeah. accept the seventy million euros we'd put forward as we'd structured it prior to Chelsea coming in. But the add-ons was what was still being kind of talked about because, I mean, I'll get you the uh, Mark Manbryans who uh, writes for the PA. Uh, he said that money offered by Modric by both Chelsea and Arsenal is quite similar. The difference at the moment is Chelsea's deal is weighted more towards what Shakhtar are looking for, faster payments and for more achievable add-ons. So th that that is the key difference between the two. So I disagree with you in oh, the I sense share, that... I, I share your healthy criticism uh, of ITKs. I, I, I follow uh, your Mark's not ITK. Mark's the, very well connected. Yeah. I know Mark. He's very so, well connected indeed. Uh, till yesterday, nobody even have the, had the slightest clue about Chelsea's involvement. Mm. And today, everybody wants to be the first you know one why? to make it. Uh, because they're idiots, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, with, in regards to why no one really knew about the Chelsea situation, is because it developed yesterday. Chelsea flew, Chelsea flew a delegation out to Poland yesterday to do the deal. They were just, they decided that they were going to spend the 100 million that Shakhtar wanted and agreed to what Chelsea, uh, to what Shakhtar wanted to pay. The reason why it's taken Arsenal so long to try and get to a stage is because they knew that the player desperately wanted to move to Arsenal, was, was sold on it to the point where he was being a, a ridiculous person online that we've all had a good laugh about. The reason yeah. why it's taken us so long is because we're trying to negotiate with Shakhtar a price that is closer to what we believe he's valued at. And what Chelsea have offered isn't one or two or three million more or five. It's a significant amount of money more in the time period that we're over these over the contract length in terms of the, how achievable the add-ons are. It's not five to ten difference. We're looking at potentially Chelsea paying 30 million or so up front a lot quicker than what Arsenal would have done. And a lot, maybe even more than that, because of the add-ons being achieved sooner or even at all compared to Arsenal's. I get, I get that. See, I do, I have, I do not hold blame on Arteta or Edu for that matter. Mm. Okay. I believe they are trying to do the best with what they are given by the by the ownership. 
and the ownership has let Arsenal fans down, fans down for 10 years. You have been trying to whitewash their their image, saying on 2018 they have taken, mm-hmm. but you do not want to acknowledge that up till 2018 they deliberately and knowingly devalued an institution, an English institution like Arsenal, so that they would end up buying it. So that that business game nobody. How did they do that? And in any case, the 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 way they did it is by not being involved. When they took over, when they came into Arsenal, Hmm. it was not a surprise that they got seventy percent share. They Hmm. walked in with their eyes open. They bought seventy percent share. They might have made uh, promises from Mike Dean's interviews. I haven't read his book yet, but through uh, his interview on AFTV, the way he expressed. Uh, uh, what the requirement for a new ownership was, was because we were moving into a, a stage of football where investment was going to be key for any yeah. club to maintain its position in the hierarchy. And Arsenal at that time, we were one of the two. Manchester just blew us away. We, there, were, there was no difference. I believe maybe even the up till the 2000s in our revenue, because we were moving to a new stadium. We mm-hmm. had to, I don't know, um, the ownership did not take any um, initiative to be the one who pays for the stadium. So, okay, we, Arsenal, we do it our way. We want to be the ones who do everything right. I get that. So we we made, we lived by, through our means. We stayed, mm-hmm. in, we paid the stadium off from what we made. We did not take any uh, loans. We sold off our best players. And Arsene did. Arsene, I respect Arsene for that. He was a man of principle yeah. and he wanted to this be his way. Whether we agree with it or not, that was his way. He wanted Arsenal to maintain that, that um, you know, th- that righteous way of doing things. You know, we do things the right way. Understandable. Okay. We suffered for it. We saw Chelsea move above us, Manchester City move above us, and we quietly endured the fans. Now, you said after 2018, the scenario has changed. Kroenke has taken complete ownership. They are making more noises. Um, his son, I, I, I'm so upset, I don't even remember his name. Uh, but he got in. Uh, he was the the leader for Arsenal moving forward. He was the uh, main guy from their side, from KSC. And now again, it's like PTSD, Tom. We it's uh, they they bring us to a to a place where we are hopeful, Arteta. Mm. Any no Arsenal fan will say Arteta is an easy coach. He's a very method-oriented. I need what I want, and if I don't get it, I don't want it. Kind of coach. If a mm. player attitudes, player uh, engagement, attributes, even even uh, he is very specific about the kind of players he wants. And this was a player he wanted. Yes, we might overpay every single. Big club in this world overpays for talent, and many flop. Uh, Real Madrid, uh, they overpaid for. They re-signed Bale, six hundred thousand a month salary. He flopped for four years for them. They just paid his salary and didn't play him. They got Eden Hazard. He didn't work out for them. Uh, there was there was. I don't I don't even remember the number of left backs and right backs they bought in who flopped in Real Madrid. Mm. Barcelona, they went on a... They turned... The last year, the first half of last year, Barcelona was in 10th place before Xavi got in. 
They yeah. were struggling. There was no rhythm. There was nothing. But we, as Arsenal fans, are to accept. Okay, our club needed a rehaul, so it generally takes three years. I don't did. know who came it up with that arbitrary figure. It, it absolutely yes, it did, did need a rehaul. But, yeah. but who said that time frame that it will take three? When other clubs, Manchester United, have turned their around in one year. Uh, Barcelona. I mean, Manchester United, when would Manchester around, United last win the trophy, Tabrez? When did when did Man United last win a trophy? When is when did when did we last win a trophy? It's the same thing. Arteta's first season yeah. in charge. <laughs> yeah, twenty twenty. So they probably won the their Europa League in twenty eighteen. I think it was twenty eighteen. Right. So if remember. Man United have supposedly turns things around in a year, that's not true because the last trophy they won was in twenty eighteen. Right. They're now in a position yes, under Ten Hag after they've gone through a horrible period of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. They then employed another. They employed another uh, coach prior to that, Jose Mourinho, that obviously took things. Yes, second in the table, I think he was at one point, but achieved next to nothing, and then was really dragging them down at the end of his. Second in the table. If, if you, uh, yeah, yeah, second in the table. And look at where Europa we are right now. Where we are in the table. Well. Yeah, but look at where we are. Second in the table wins you nothing, and I guarantee there'll be people that are very critical if we finish second this year, saying. Well, we got second, but we didn't win it. So let's not say that Man United have done well finishing second if we're going to be critical about Arsenal not winning the league this year. My issue is... Yes, you with the, Let me finish my point in a second. I'll let you finish. I'll yeah. let you speak for a long time. In terms of uh, yeah. the Cronky situation, which you started talking about at the beginning, there's an article in 2007 from The Guardian which says Stan Cronky offered to underwrite a multi-million pound transfer budget for Arsenal, but the club's directors and de- are determined to go it alone. Arsenal's capacity to compete in the transfer market has been frequently called into question and uncertainty surrounding the position of the manager. That was in 2007. Now, Arsenal, of course, in that period of time, Arsene Wenger was very much in charge of everything that went on at the club. He takes pride in the fact that he managed to keep Arsenal in the Champions League during those years of what he calls financial austerity. However, there is a number of indications out there that actually he never asked for the investment. He wanted to do this in a self-sustaining way through that period. Now, when he left in 2018, I believe it was, during that season... Um, and then Unai Emery came in during his final season in charge. And this is the year, of course, that led up to the Cronkies buying out the club in 2018. Arsenal spent over 150 million euros on Aubameyang, Lacazette, Mkhitaryan, uh, Mavropanos, and a couple of free signings like uh, Sayer Kolasinac, who, of course, went on to spend a lot of money on wage. I think it was over £100,000 per week. The following season, when, of course, we had Unai Emery, we brought in Lucas Torreira, Burnt Leno, Socrates, Matteo Genduzzi for a total of around 80 million euros. The following season, again, still under Unai Emery, we spent the most we've ever spent during a transfer window. Nicolas Pepe, record signing. Saliba, Tierney, David Luiz, Pablo Marie on loan uh, was obviously in the January after. Gabriel Martinelli, though, the £5 million that added to that. We spent more than we've ever spent before. So that 2018 that KSC that then came by in Pepe, though, Tom. Sorry? That window was skewed because of Pepe's massive uh, transfer fee. Right. But we basically that's... spent 72 on one guy. And the rest were all... Uh, that's still deep. investment though, isn't it? It doesn't matter how much, how many players you spend yeah. it on, yeah. you're still spending Except that amount that. of money. Except that. Yeah. Right. So when the Cronkies came in in 20... I mean, when the Cronkies took full control in 2018, we have started to invest. And in fact, we've been one of the biggest spenders in the Premier League in the last five or so years since they actually took full control of the club. They're not perfect and they're a massive mistake with the Super League. I'm not here to say the Cronkies are this all-powerful, all-conquering, amazing people. They're not. And I'm not sitting here saying that. But what I'm saying is, is we are sitting five points clear at the top of the table with the potential to go eight points clear at the top of the table because of the process that we've gone on since that point in 2018. Yes, Do you I, accept that. 
I agree with mm. that. But that process required, like we, like you said, the first part was cleaning out the dressing room. Mm-hmm. So I, I love Mesut Ozil. I was one of his biggest fans. I mm. knew when Unai Emery came that he was going to become obsolete very soon because Unai Emery's system did not uh, play with a 10. But And then he lost his interest and he became toxic and he had to go. I, I knew that and that was one of the most painful periods for me as an Arsenal fan watching one of my idols uh, become a villain for the club that I love. But in any case, our job first was to remove the deadwood. The second job was to to get a core of young players. You have talked about this for the past Mm. one year, how we have developed a strong core. And now to supplement that core, we are going to get in established, high quality players who have the mentality to take us over the lines that we need to cross in finals. Like in a, Jesus in a fight for a league, etc. Like Jesus, like Zinchenko, even though they were, Zinchenko was a big part player, but Jesus was more of a main uh, player in um, in the Man City side. So yes, it's acceptable. We have, in my opinion, we have overpaid for Jesus as well. He had one year left on his contract and we paid 45 million for him. But nobody will talk about that because of the impact he has had with us. If Modric have, would have come to us for 95 million, and we would have gone on to win the league. Nobody would have even thought no. about the 95 million. Today, everybody wants to say it was too much. Who decides whether it was too much or not? That is that is what frustrates me. This, and this not only affects uh, morale of the fans, maybe the team, I do not know. I'm speculating on that. Definitely the fans, we can see there's again a small crevice in the fan base again because of this. And also the the marketing power of Arsenal. Arsenal, we we were the the your national media, the English media. They were mm. basically Arsenal was that afterthought after talking about all the big boys. No, oh, Manchester City doing this, Liverpool doing this, mm. Man United. They are buying these the players for seventy million, eighty million, and then oh yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, they're they're coming up. Nobody even mm. even till, until two months ago. People were in the media who are supposed to be so in tune with the football that they should know what is going to come. They are surprised about Arsenal. Oh, the Arsenal is doing so well. Arsenal is doing this. And, they, and even now, they don't want to give us the credit. Oh, they'll come down. Oh, okay, Jesus got injured and now they will fall. This will happen, then they will fall. So Arsenal is always the the the, the closer of an... Uh, uh, it's not We are not the main uh, dish. We are like the dessert. Okay, let's just talk about Arsenal for ten minutes because they have a fan base, and they, mm. they need, we need to, you know, acknowledge them as well. This was this was a deal which would not only give us make a statement that Arsenal is back. We we are going to play with the big boys. We are going mm. to make things happen when our coach wants someone. We are going to give it to him, even if it means we are pushing the budget. This okay, we paid ninety five million for Mudrick. We might restructure in other areas. You know, make what does that mean for the, the future thing. though, Tabrez? Like if if you pay a hundred million euros that. now for a player that is not worth that amount realistically, I mean the club's valuation of the player is, is not a hundred million. And they were paying arguably over than what they wanted to pay with the third bid that they made. So if we go and, and match what Chelsea have done and say, you know, Chelsea have come with this massive bid, this huge amount of wages, we're going to match it. What does that then mean for the future windows when we try and go for other targets? Because they're just going to bend us over, aren't so, they, for what they want? Tom, we have, we have already broken that fourth wall with the Pepe signing. 
We paid 72 million for Pepe. Oh, that we have. Stupid. We then tried to react to that because that was, of course, five years yes. ago nearly. Yeah. Exactly. You're making my point then. If we break How? this fourth wall with this with this big signing, and then we react to that as well. We don't we don't overpay. We we because this was one of this would have been our marquee signing. And for mm -hmm. the other ones, we go back to the Arsenal way and we do the things that we do, haggle and you know, mm. how we usually do business. Well, the Pepe but do, if you went back to that, Edu, of course, wasn't... Ed, Raul Sanyehi was the main guy involved in the whole Pepe situation. Edu had just come into yes. the club and was not you know, involved in anywhere mm. near as much as what he, of course, is now as the main guy. So we did the Pepe deal. Didn't work out. We've then changed the way in which we've approached the transfer market with the moves we've made since that point. We've met, we've made signings like Tommy Asu and Erdegaard and Ramsdale, around the 30 million and under mark for young players to try and change that. This window, we had an opportunity in the forward line in particular because you've got Saka cost nothing and Ketia cost nothing, Smith Rowe cost nothing, Nelson cost nothing, uh, Gabriel Martinelli cost a five million quid, and then our marquee striker of Jesus, who's ninja at the moment, 45. So we had scope to spend a lot of money. I just, what I'm struggling to get on board with Tabrez, and I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of the fact there's been a lot of people waiting around. And I've given you a lot of time, and I'm, I'm fine doing that because it's a different. I appreciate point of view. that. No, so. no, it's fine. I'm, I'm absolutely I've fine. To come on for a long time. No, no, you're respectful, and that's why I allow you the time, because there are a lot of people in the chat box, mate, that come on and are just abusive, so there's no point with that, but I have a lot of respect for the fact you've come on and put your uh, point of view across without being disrespectful. My, my struggle with kind of getting to where you are, or my struggle maybe to get you to where I am, is that I just think we're looking at things from different perspectives, and I don't necessarily think that we're... I don't necessarily think that you're seeing the whole picture of what's going on at the club, and I also don't think that necessarily we can be as black and white about this with there being this amount of time left in the window if you know what i mean because it could be that we yes exactly react to so. this. We, yeah we could react to this you're really, absolutely really right hmm. we, you and me we are on two sides of the coin at this moment yeah. because you are hopeful because there is still time left in the window and i'm skeptical <laughs> because of the PTSD uh, of arsenal being an arsenal supporter so this is the only reason that we are on two sides of the coin if this window closes and we have you know, uh, addressed uh, the the second option or the third option, got in a quality addition to our squad, as well as maybe another position. Mm -hmm. I I have never, I cannot even in, in my wildest teams think Arsenal will make three signings in January. So mm -hmm. I'm expecting two. I was nice I was way. thinking with this Mudrik deal when it got to 95, I was almost certain it's going to be just one signing for Arsenal this uh, really? window. Yeah. But now that it's not it's not 95, I'm hopeful that maybe they'll make two signings. And once they make that two signings, and th that will give, because now, right now, we are hurting. We are raw. So we are upset. But those will act as, it give, give, give us the reassurance that, okay, we didn't get this signing, but our people know what they're doing. The Arsenal people know what they're doing. Because there is not even a hint in like, okay, we were looking at that guy as well. There is some secondary option. That's not happened, and the, and the the big the biggest irritating thing about Arsenal transfers is it's so publicized. It's always every yeah. single three minutes there is an update. There's a notification. Yeah. We are moving into the office. We are sitting on the chair. We are going to give our first coffee letter. <laughs> That's not the club's fault, gonna... to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know. Yeah. This this is yeah. where I'm I'm asking well, I'm our you. fans to be a little more reserved with this. You know, we are mm. we are so hungry to see our club reach back and so that we can sit on the table with the Manchester City, Manchester United, Chelsea fans and say we belong here. 
because we there is always that fear okay they have made the 100 million signings they have overspent and recovered we we are all, always on okay we made that one mistake so now let's never make that mistake that doesn't work mm-hmm. with football that with especially in today's football there will be times when we will overspend for players and they will not work out we have to recover that through other uh, sources of income and still keep because this is it's a trial and error nothing uh, sambi lokonga everybody was talking about him as the next yaya tore unfortunately his mentality didn't work out for the premier league i'm sure he would be a very good player in in a slower league when he gets time on the ball but the speed of the premier league is making him take uh, making him very cautious so things sometimes don't work out that's that's the so nature of competitive sport yeah yeah and so, but, yeah, i'm, I'm, I'm not cut you off only only because i'm conscious of the time and there's been a lot of people waiting patiently yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, sorry tom i, all, I just no 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 don't apologize don't apologize no 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 don't apologize yeah mate. just you on one it. note just on one note i don't think the, the even though some people some of the people who are upset are unable to articulate it in the best possible sense yeah i, I believe agree. the schism will will disappear once the uh, arsenal hierarchy show that yeah this is not the end all be all uh, mm-hmm. we have other things and we will get that because we want to push towards the title and that will bring us back all together but uh, yeah, thank you for react. the time tom you, you gave me a lot of time i appreciate that and a long time fan and good Thanks, luck with mate. all your endeavors. Thanks bro, I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you for coming yeah. on and, and being respectful. I really appreciate that. Have a good day mate. Enjoy the derby. Pleasure Tom. Pleasure. See you later. Massive thanks to Tabrez. Uh of course as I say always it takes uh it takes a bit of guts to come on and, and you know talk about a view that you don't have that agrees with my opinion and I absolutely respect that. It's a shame that not everybody uh, is able to do that. Both those that would come on and be abusive or those that are being abusive in the chat box and also those that have said that you know, unfortunately, negative things about Tabrez in the chat box as well. I don't respect those negative points of view. You've got to respect someone if they've got a differing view. Uh, Bonmon has been very patient uh, waiting down below. So let's get him on. How you doing, mate? You good? You well? Take yourself off mute quickly. There you go. Bottom right-hand corner of your screen, you'll be able to take yourself off mute. Just It's muted at the moment. Click the little microphone button and you'll be able to unmute. There you go. Okay. Uh, How you doing? You all right? Pardon? Are you good? Are you well? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for inviting me on your YouTube yeah, channel. Yeah. yeah uh, I want to say this. Uh, on the part of the Modric deal, mm. I think uh, it's better that we don't take uh, Modric for this deal. Okay. Because apparently we could take it as the the one that we did for Pepe. Yeah. And yeah. it became a very big flop. So for me, I think uh, we have to concentrate on uh, today's derby. Then after today's derby, then we can see if uh, Michael Ateta or Edu can look for at least uh, two new signings, which mm. will be probably best for the club. But uh, for now, I don't think uh, Mudrik uh, deal should be a bigger, bigger thing. So for me, I yeah. think uh, we should stick to having a positive vibe and a positive vision towards finding other new signings. That's all I can mm. say. I feel like you've been listening to my show for too long, but you're starting to sound like me, mate. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate the positivity. If if um if we don't, I agree with you. I think two signings absolutely is what we need between now and the end of the window. If we don't do that, yeah. what, how are you going to be feeling about things? Uh, if we don't do that, then uh, for me, it would be a very big regret and at the same time, big mm. disappointment because uh, we need two signings so that we can have at least something to verge and certain something to push us to at least to have a Premier League title for once in a mm-hmm. lifetime for a very long time that we haven't been winning. 
But I think for me, uh, if we don't do the signing then, then we have to say that uh, we've been beaten up by the cheeky, cheeky FC, which is Chelsea FC. So mm. we, don't, we don't have a choice and don't have a say on that, but it would be a very big disappointment. Mm, absolutely. Last, last point, because I think you agree with a lot of what I say on this. What are your thoughts ahead of the derby? How are you feeling for it? Uh, <laughs> You're not sounding confident, Bon. I need more. <laughs> no, no, actually, it's not that I'm sounding unconfident. Actually, I'm very confident we're going to Lovely. win this. But I think uh, 2-1, 2-1. But uh, I think uh, we need uh, to bring in uh, a little bit of positive vibe by the, our fans mm. and actually our fan base. So we need to push our team. We need to, to, to show solidarity, a team togetherness, so that at least we can give our teams uh, uh, something to fight for for which mm. we have a title race for it. So I think a 2-1 will take, we'll win a 2-1, and I'm positive on that. If not, then uh, I think one will do. Bon, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. I'll appreciate your positivity and optimism ahead of this afternoon. It's going to be a good game, I hope. A really good yeah, game. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. Yeah. Pleasure. Nice to speak Pleasure. to you, mate. Have a good one. Enjoy the derby. Have a good one too. See you later. Much appreciate to Bon for coming on. Uh, let's get, uh, Sasha's been waiting very patiently. Let's get Sasha on. How are you doing, Sasha, mate? You good, you well? Yeah, I'm I caught well, you off guard there, didn't I? You're like, oh, yeah. is he ever going to get me on? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of, yeah, I was looking at other stuff, but yeah, it's good to be on. Um, so, firstly, I'm just going to jump straight into this Modric deal. Obviously, Sorry, that's the topic of discussion. <laughs> um, but I think people have really lost uh, perspective regarding this deal. I mean, it, Dan's already going through, by the way, in the chat. You've probably seen that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's who's Dan again? That's Dan. Who is Dan? Yeah, the same. I, I did the same thing. <laughs> no, but for real, um, I think people really have lost perspective with this deal. I mean, paying 100 million for a guy who has 12 professional goals is absurd. Like, it's madness. It's never worth it. I don't see any evidence to suggest that taking that risk is worth doing. So if we were speaking about an actual proper player like Rafa Leal or Farajkalia or whoever, who's mm. actually been proving it, and you're telling me we're bidding 100 million for them, I'd even be mm. skeptical because I'd even say, are they really worth it? But now you're trying to convince me that this Madrid guy is worth 100 million. I mean, mm. the only reason Arsenal fans are upset about this is because we were linked to this guy. Yeah. No one was upset when Manchester United paid 100 million for Anthony. Everyone was saying that's madness, even though Ajax will claim and Eric Ten Hag will claim that Anthony is good enough and has the highest ceiling and whatever, and he'll win the Ballon d'Or. I mean, it's not uncommon for clubs to say that the players with high ceilings or with lots of talent can go on to win the Ballon d'Or. I mean, when João Felix signed for Atletico Madrid in the same year, Trincao went to Barcelona from Benfica and Benfica president said, listen, Everyone's talking about Chao Felix, but Trincao is better than him. Trincao is the real deal, yeah, and he'll right. be the better player. And look where Trincao is. He's struggling at Wolves at the moment. I is mean, let's be Wolves? honest. Is he still there? I, I don't even know. He's struggling this season. He, is he back he was, He joined Wolves on loan. Uh, I think they had an option. They didn't activate it. And now he's at Sporting, where he has three goals in 15 appearances. They, they so. didn't even activate an option on him. Wolves. No. Which, exactly to be fair, point. they didn't on Vitinha, and he's turned out very good. <laughs> so I suppose yeah, there's, but... there's ones and guys, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is. But like I said, it's always a gamble. And for me, if you if you have £100 million to spend, I would much rather spend it on Declan Rice. You know he's going to come in. You know he's going to be good. You know he's going to have an instant impact. You know it's someone 
will fit us. You know, it's it's even though it's still a risk, it's much mm. less of a risk, and it makes sense. You can justify his price tag in a way, whereas Mudrik you can't justify. Let's be honest. When the first bid came in of sixty million, we all were thinking, "Whoa, should we really be paying sixty million for this guy? Should mm. we really? Is he really worth that? I mean, is he really worth that?" And then you thought to yourself, okay, Mikel Arteta really wants this guy and he clearly has a plan for this guy. So maybe it's worth it. Maybe mm. it can be worth it. But now Chelsea is literally just going there and spending 100 million on this guy just because we wanted him. Because let's be honest, yeah, they really just bought him because we wanted him. And the thing is, with this big money signings, I mean, it, you can say it's worth it if the club clearly identifies a player the manager clearly has an idea for him. He can come in and the plan is set for him. He just needs to have the mentality and the work rate to complete that plan. There's no plan for Modric at Chelsea. I smell flop. Literally, I, can, I can't see anything other than that. I hope you're right. The, I'm worried you're wrong, but I'm hoping so, you're right. <laughs> yeah. So let's say Modric comes in and he is really this mentality monster and somehow he's able to replicate something or to create something that he's not never done before in his life mm. then congratulations to chelsea your gamble worked off or paid off but i don't think arsenal should be doing that right now because we are mm. actually in a good position we shouldn't actually be taking gambles let me ask we you should the, actually be spending the money wisely let me ask you the flip question which obviously i've been asking this today for the people that are you know our understanding of this situation if we don't respond to this L that we've been hit with, and it is a bit of an L in the in the sense that you yeah. know um, Chelsea have got a player that we really wanted. You can't really you, you can't really you know look at it anything other than we wanted this guy and we haven't got him. So it's you know we're not going to be coming out of this positively. The only way we will is if we react to it, of course, with something better. So what if we yeah. don't do that? So I understand the the concept of we wanted this guy, and if you just look at it like that, we wanted the guy. Chelsea got the guy. Then yes, it's pretty bad, but. You have to put things into a little bit more perspective. I mean, is it worth paying 100 million for Modric? Did Chelsea just pay 100 million for a 22 year old with 12 professional goals? I mean, look at it like that, for example. And then the other thing for me is so Modric would have came in now, yes. Would he have helped? Would he have had an impact? Yeah, surely. But we also have Smith Rowe now back from injury. And for me, just personally, if you're saying to me that, Mudrik is better right now than Smith-Rowe is right now, then you really have lost all perspective. Oof. Really, really have. Um, That's interesting. I wonder, I'm I'm actually going to throw that as a poll into the chat box to see what people say. So, I'm really, that's such a curious question. So, who is better right now at this very moment um, based on their raw quality? Of course, Smith-Rowe is coming back from injury, but based on their raw quality, um, I'm I'm curious what people think, ESR or Mudrik. I'm really curious about that question. So I've put that as a poll into the chat box to see what people are going to say because that's curious. Uh, last last question for you, Sasha. Um, <laughs> there's a couple of questions uh, in the chat box, of course, that are quite, um, what's the right word, provocative. I've used that a couple of times today, saying that I'm defending Arsenal too much. Um, I'm backing the Cronkies too much. I, they can't do any wrong. Is that fair? Do you think we are defending them too much in this situation? Well, not really, no, because, I mean, I think people, let me just say it like this. 
contrary to popular belief in the Arsenal fan base, I do not think Edu is brain dead. And if it's really a case of paying <laughs> five millions more to get this number one target Ballon d'Or winner guy, then he would have done it. Yeah. Let's be honest. There's a reason why we walked away from this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know better than Edu and Arsenal Football Club. And yes, it's possible to make mistakes, etc. But let's be honest. Let's be honest again. This deal would have been a gamble. It might have worked out for us, specifically because Arteta wanted him, and specifically we had a plan for him. But it's still a risk worth taking. If he comes in with an with a 95 million, let's say Chelsea went in the picture. Let's just say we signed him for 95 million. He comes in with all the pressure and all that. The people would have used that exact same stick to beat Edu with, saying, "Why did you pay 95 million for a guy who hasn't proved anything yet?" If he didn't work out. Why did Mikel Arteta want this guy? Because he's clearly not good. I mean, he has to come from Ukraine now, straight into the Premier League, straight mm-hmm. into a top six side, and he has to deliver immediately. He, what what does a player have to do to really warrant a 100 million price tag? That guy has to score at least 20 goals now for the next five seasons. He's only scored 12 goals in his life. Mm. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I think and, the point you made about the five million is so spot on. Like for anyone that's really struggling to wonder why we didn't just go for the five million, that in its entirety shows you why that is not the difference between the two bids. And that is not what we had to do. Because as Sasha says, if the difference between us getting Mudrick was five million euros when we spent three and a half on the Marquinhos, who we didn't have to spend anything on, we would have done it. It's as simple as that. Um so, yeah, Sasha, I'm, I'm conscious of the fact that people are waiting patiently. Final word from you, mate. Yeah, uh, just my final word is I do have I'm – not, I'm not sad that we didn't sign Madrid. Like, of course, it's a bit of a blow. Like, yeah, I was expecting this guy and we didn't get him. But at the end of the day, what bothers me the most about this deal is now if we do want to sign someone else that's any quality, what's the price going to be? Because Chelsea just inflated the market insanely. Because people were already referring to the Anthony deal. Now they're going to say, look at this guy who hasn't even done anything yet, 100 million. So mm-hmm. that's what kind of scares me a little bit. Because if we really do want a top quality winger and we wanted Mudrik, should we just have paid that 100 million now on him? Because I can't see prices getting cheaper because at the moment mm-hmm. it's just getting worse. And if we go to Liao now, if we go to Kvaratskhelia now, who's actually proving something and actually looks top, then it might be 150 million. And then yeah. to do Arsenal buy. Yeah, like if we do ever go and decide, now we're going to have to sign a superstar now, hmm. then it's going to be very difficult to us. Well, this is what I've said. I've, I've said, like, we, we talk about Martinelli and we talk about Saka and how important they are. We are learning how import, how much it costs to bring in a competitor to those players. That's what we're learning from this situation is it's how much, if we don't renew Martinelli and Saka, how much it is going to cost us, maybe more, to replace yeah, them. But, Sasha, thank yeah. you so much for your Can time. I, yes. Sorry, I just want to say one mm. last thing. Um, so we have to renew Saka, Smithro and Martinelli. There's 100%. no question about it because mm. on the market, how much are they worth? I mean, if Madrid is 100, mm. how much are they worth? Because they Silly, are better yeah. than Madrid. And then um, just also taking into perspective, our front six, if you include Odegaard, all combined cost less than what Madrid's costing mm. Chelsea, by the way. So, yeah.
Well, sir. Sasha, thank you for your points, mate. Really appreciate them. Um, you can check him out at SVW Sports. Uh, he does his own stuff on Twitter, and he's a member of our channel as well. So thank you, Sasha, so much for jumping on. Much appreciate it. Enjoy the derby. Thank you very much. Hopefully Have a good one, bro. See you later. Uh, let's bring on uh, Kian next. Uh, there we go. There's Kian. How you doing, mate? You good? You well? Not too bad. Thank you. Good morning. You're not looking too happy, Kian. <laughs> oh, sorry, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear. I, I can hear you, but you can't hear me. There you go. Can oh, you hear me? Now? Yes, I yes, can. I can. Can you hear me? Oh yeah. Sorry, my headset was probably just out of charge. <laughs> That's <laughs> why you look so miserable. You couldn't hear what I was saying. Tell me where your head's at, mate. Um, I think it was kind of a bombshell, you know, when it dropped yesterday. But yeah, it was. It was. I was looking at everyone's reactions, and there was like obviously there was meltdowns. There was people trying to justify it and everything. And I think I've kind of fallen in the camp of my issue isn't getting the player. My issue is the timing and it's where we are in the middle of the month. And share that with a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And the issue also is like what happened yesterday. Man United picked up results against C. And look how the table's looking now. And look how the games that we're coming up against. We got mm-hmm. Tom today and we got United next week. I think the title race is going to be quite blown open in these two coming weeks. And then also we have C three times now, not just twice. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like. And the only difference between us and City is the squad depth, I think. I think if you put our 11 against City's 11, I think we can beat them. Yeah, I don't think there's a big big deal of difference this season. Now, I'm not talking about City's over the past two years or three years. I'm talking about City of this season. And I feel that like we had a real opportunity, and I think that's what we're squandering. And I think, I get your point, let's have our principles. Let's not overpay for people. And let's not... I get all that. And I think there's a time and place for that. If we're in a summer window right now, I would totally agree with you, but I think we're in January right now. Prices of players are overpriced anyway in January because they're harder to get because not that many are available. Mm-hmm. Even Felix and Mudrick being available is kind of weird to me right now in this January window. I'm not I'm not even sure why Shakhtar is selling. I guess they need the money, the situation and everything. But even Felix being available, that was an opportunity. I just wanted to pose a question to the fan base right now. Yeah, go for it, man. Would you have been mad if we overpaid for Felix like Chelsea did? But it helped us win the league. Well, the answer is obviously not. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. that, that is obviously the answer. The, the the problem is, is it's hypothetical, and we don't know if that would have been the difference. If you know what I mean, between us yeah. winning or lose, and and that's the problem is that we have is that you're looking at giving a guy our highest paid wage at the club at two hundred eighty odd thousand pound per week, and a loan deal which gives you no benefit. Uh, in terms of a long term, yes, it can give you short term benefit, and, and Chelsea nearly had some of that until he was sent off. Um, in terms of that short term benefit, and they still might between now and the end of the season with him. We'll have to wait and see. I think, and let me come to your point about the time. So, the reason why I'm not, the reason why I'm not critical of Arsenal in the way in which they've approached this deal in terms of the amount of time it's spent is because. I genuinely believe they thought they were going to get hold of this guy. And they genuinely believed that the negotiations that they had with Shakhtar were leading towards a point where they would get an agreement. I also think they genuinely believed that the player and his desire to come to Arsenal outstripped everything that could have changed. So I I think they're shocked at the fact that Chelsea came in with a bid like they did that blew Arsenal out of the water. That isn't, despite what some people say, only a five to 10 million euro difference. It's not. It's significantly higher than Arsenal's because of the structure and the add-ons and the achievability of it. And secondly, 
the money they've offered to to Mudrik being more than twice what we offered, and not even just offered, we agreed, the, you know, the wages with Mudrik. They've offered more than twice that to the player. And when you consider the fact that we'd agreed this wage, it's not like we would, you know, I remember there's players in the past we've just not been able to get because their wage demands have been too high. This isn't that, you know, we agreed this. It's not Vlaovic either. Like we agreed for the player to come to us. The reason why I think we've spent the amount of time is because they had that genuine belief he was coming and they did not see or expect, especially with Chelsea, you know, having got Felix being linked with Madueke as well. I think they're still even in for him, another forward player. They've got Nkunku coming in in the summer as well. I don't think they expected Chelsea to come in and do this. And to be honest, it did all happen in the last 12 hours, as we know, and it has been very quick. So I would be where you are if... I didn't believe that the club genuinely thought they were getting this player. I don't see... Do you know what I mean about the difference between this and Vlaovic? Like with Vlaovic, at no point did they have any indication that he was coming and they wasted January of last year on Vlaovic and they should be criticised for that, in my opinion. I do have a counterpoint to that, though. I kind of do agree with the few points that you made, that mm. he agreed to come with us. Because I'm not going to be pretending like uh, in the fan base or like something I knew better, like, oh, how dare they spend time on the player when... Because yeah. he made it quite obvious on Instagram yeah, as well. Because yeah. I was shocked too. I was like, why did he agree with Chelsea? I, I for yeah, sure yeah. thought when I heard the news, I was like, don't worry, he'll reject Chelsea. He'll he'll say he want to go off. E- even when that Ornstein bomb dropped or the Fabrizio yeah. dropped, I was like, oh, that's fine. Because he wants to come to us. Yeah. So it's not a problem. I was shocked, genuinely shocked. Yeah, I was shell-shocked. So, okay, let's say I give the club benefit of doubt for that. I was yeah. like, they were, they were probably sure they were going to get him. But then my issue comes with, it, it's not right now. It'll come for in the end of the window. It'll yeah, be like, yeah. Did you have a backup plan then? Mm-hmm. Let's say this deal could have fell through. Because this isn't the first January window we're going to be wasting. So I want to know where the blame will lie then. Would the blame lie with Edwin Arteta? Or would it lie with the Cronky for not giving the extra financial support? I think and it then, will lie with the collective for not yeah. being prepared enough. Yeah. But then this will be two opportunities to waste. Because this mm-hmm. is exactly the same situation we could have got top four with last January. Yeah, yeah. Tottenham did it with Kulusevsky and Bentecourt. That massively benefit. I think Conte was overrated last season. I don't think it was him. I think it was the signings that helped push. I, I got that so wrong with Kulusevsky. I remember sitting here on the channel in January of last year being like, I think they, I, I don't see what Bentoncourt and Kulusevsky, two players that are struggling at Juventus really to get minutes. I don't know what that's going to bring. I was so wrong, you know, about let's that. Let's say they did that, half that the help. Yeah, but let's say they did half the output of what they actually did. Let's say they weren't even great signings, but at least they gave them a little push. Yeah, yeah. Little bodies in the team as well because they needed depth. Yeah. But yeah, that helped them as well. And also I would say that um where where do we see ourselves going now? Like the availability of things. Do we still stay with a winger? How many wingers are going to be available? Do we go with another midfielder? And is this going to be enough time? I'm curious now. This is the kind of last question I'll ask you because I'm curious at the time. But uh, Nizar Kinsella is very, very well connected right at the moment for the standard, previously writing for goal, of course. Um, he's claiming that Arsenal have switched immediately to this contact with Barcelona and Rafinha, which ironically, he was the pro- he was the player that we wanted more than Mudrik because Mudrik was available in, ja- in the summer for around 40 million. And we went for Rafinha. And Chelsea went for Rafinha, but he wanted Barca. It's not necessarily worked out because Osmane Dembele has been very good and played on the right-hand side excellently for them, so he can't necessarily get in the team. If we end up getting Rafinha, how would that kind of leave your perception of the window? Oh, of course. I love it to the end of my life after. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think that's going to be very difficult to get done mm, yeah. in the remaining time that we do have. But also, I would say that um, if they don't get these anything done now, and even let's say even if we do by the end of January window, I feel like I think we've gave 
Man United the opportunity to get into this title race because of our lack of activity in the market. Because mm-hmm. I feel like if we don't get positive results in the Tottenham and United, I feel like United's going to be in title race, Man City are going to be in title race. And I feel like Man City's already got a better squad than us. And I feel like it's going to be very, very difficult for us to keep maintaining this top spot. And I feel like it's going to be gutting to all of us at the end of the season. And that's why I'm holding my pitchfork down at the moment. I'm going to wait till the end of the window and I'm going to judge it then. But I feel like there's a big blame on Edu and Arteta for this window. Vicky, you know, I think you've raised some really fair points about it. I agree with the concerns right now about the amount of time we've spent on this and then to not get him. I understand why we spent the amount of time on him as we did, because as I say, I genuinely believe they believed they were going to be getting him and that his desire to come to Arsenal was enough to convince them that... And because he'd already agreed that contract with us, you know. But I agree with you. If we don't react... I think the difference between this and last window is obviously the difference between the player profile being that he wanted to come to Arsenal. Vlaovic didn't have an interest really in coming to Arsenal at all unless Juventus didn't work out. But the difference, obviously, between that is that he moved to Juventus, I think, with two or three days left of the window. We've got half of this window still left to do something. And if we're honest, Chelsea came in in a space of 12 hours and got Mudrick done because they paid what the club wanted. If we get an indication from Barcelona that they're willing to sell, which they are, ironically, before all this chaos happened, there was reports coming out from Spain that Barca were open to selling Rafinha, Ferran Torres and Ansu Fati. They were open to offers for all of them. So if we get an indication... Was that in January or summer? Yeah, in this in this window, yeah. So there was reports in Spain, I think Sport are the ones that reported it, that all three players apparently, if, if Barca... Because they're in a financial mess, you know, and, and none of them are their main starters. So if they can get money for any of them... I think that's what opens the door. I just don't... The, the problem with Rafinha is his desire has always been to play for Barca. So to leave Surely after they can't sell months, him for the same price they bought him for, right? I think that's the minimum they'll ask for, is that £55 million or whatever it was that they bought him for. So I think that's what we'd have to offer, which I think we can, because we've shown we're willing to offer that and more for Mudrik. So it's it's going to be interesting. But, Kian, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on. You, you raise your points brilliantly. Enjoy the derby, mate. Uh, I can't be nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one, fella. I'll speak to you soon. You. See you later. Uh, let's bring on, uh, on next on my list on here, who's been waiting very patiently, is Shah Noor. How are you doing, Shah Noor? You good, Joel? Oh, I, I, I should yeah. have name and then added you. You look really surprised then when I when I added you to the thing. That was on me. <laughs> I apologize. How are you doing? You good, Joel? Um, I, I'm, I'm good, Tom. Um, wait, wait, hold on a second. Yeah, let me fix my screen. All right, much better. Um, so it is 3.40 p.m. in Bangladesh, in, in Dhaka, mm. Bangladesh, that is. Uh, so the derby is at 10.30 tonight. So... It's in a it's in a very good time for us if you, if you ask me. But anyways, uh, excited and nervous about the derby. But everyone's talking about Mudrik and how you know Mihailo Mudrik he's gone to Chelsea. Uh, that was perfect. Um, yeah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch your show. Uh, I, I saw the breakdown as well. So you know it was a fantastic breakdown. Thanks, man. And my question is, uh, you know, when I look at the transfer that happened and the player that we missed out on. Arteta wanted a specific profile in his attack. He wanted pace. And what uh, Mudrik would have offered is that sort of raw pace and, and also the amount of control he had after getting the pace. He kind of reminded me of Walcott at times, like when, yeah. when I think about it. you know, I, I don't know, those comparisons weren't made, but I was watching some of Walcott's older videos before he got injured and all of that. But um, how do we... 
you know, go to plan B from Mudrik to someone else. I know Rafinha is one of yeah. the, the guys, right? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Barcelona, they might be willing to sell. Uh, that There have been reports that uh, they're financially, they need to raise like 200 million. Although El Chiringuito is a, a different uh, source altogether. I don't really trust their authenticity fully. They're still busy tic-tacking. <laughs> so, but at, at the end of the day... Um, it's very difficult to find a player of that specific profile and, and you did so much research on him uh, and, and so many of, of the uh, guys that that are on, uh, you know, Arsenal uh, Twitter and also, you know, uh, on YouTube. I, I've seen so much about, about Mudrik, even though he's played such little, uh, you know, senior football, that I feel like it's very difficult to find a player of that exact profile. I agree with you. I think that pace is absolutely something that they're looking for. And that's why they wanted Rafinha in the summer, of course, because, again, another player with, with amazing levels of pace. Uh, Mudrik, again, is, is that player with not only that pace, but that technical ability. And that's why they want him. They, they, I believe that they will be having, obviously, so many meetings about the other contingencies, the alternatives to Mudrik that they have. It was clear that he's the priority this window. It was clear Rafinha was the priority last window. That's why we didn't end up signing a winger, because I think they believed that no one else during the summer window was worth really going in for at that time. So they moved for Vieira. They moved for, um, who else? I'm completely blank in my mind. Zinchenko, Gabriel Jesus, of course, the players that, yeah. that we brought in. Um, and because they couldn't get Rafinha, they didn't feel as though Mudrik at that point had showed enough to commit to, clearly, even though we were linked to him back then. So I remember doing shows yeah. talking about him back in the summer. Jeremy Pino as well. Yes, of course. Fantastic. He's the other name that we were linked to um, with again, a, another quick player, technical, plays in the wide areas, can play centrally yeah. as well. Good creator. Um, again, very expensive. It's, I do, I'll throw the question back at you. Are you hopeful that we will bring in a winger in this window? Um, to be very honest, Tom, yeah, if we to get... <laughs> from from 1 to 10 I think I'll, I'll give it a 7.5 because I do think we are going to be active in the market my fear is that we should have had Mudrik signed up or whoever we wanted signed up before the three games that follow NLD North London Derby tonight and then you know the Manchester United game and then Man City FA Cup okay fine that came on later but mm. we should have had this done by now the winger or wide forward issue should have been solved by now. By waiting for it, we are risking. We could have thought of, uh, you know, thought more about the North London Derby tonight. That's the, that's the thing that we should be talking about today. But <laughs> you know, we're focused on Mudrik because oh, no. uh, that that sort of sets us back a, a little bit. You know, we should be talking about uh, finding an eight point gap between Man City and us. We should be talking about finally winning at whatever the stadium that you know they play in. Uh, but now we're having to talk about this player who we've missed out on. And, and now we're having to talk about alternatives, the, the fan base. Probably in the stadium, it's it's very different. I You know, I haven't had the privilege of going there, but I'm, I'm sure the, the way support that we have from what I see is fantabulous. So, you know, all, all credit to them. But, um, you know, overall, when you, when you think of the fan base and you also think of the players and the morale around the club, you know, I wonder how much of a hit it takes before such a big match. Like this, this couldn't have happened at a at a mm. worse time. Uh, even though we're five points clear and all of that, you know, and and 
if our owners and if our manager and if 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 our management is really serious about this title push and and you know because we could be in pole position after two more games if we win the next two and city end up dropping more points against spurs which they do every year uh, you know we could be uh, 10 12 points clear of them and right now i'm 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 thinking to myself that you know because we've sort of been uh, hijacked here mm, and, yeah. and you know Chelsea's dealing you know it, it really does piss me off because when, when I think about what they're doing is they're looking at you know it's, it's like those memes they're looking at Arsenal and you know they're, they're, they're trying to copy what we're doing uh, Boley's uh, uh, you know um, one of the journalists I, I forgot his name but uh, I was just checking a while ago mm. um, he was saying that Chelsea view this as a huge coup I'm, my thing is that he, you don't even need a left winger. You you need yeah. players. You need a striker. You you need players in in the right back area. You need areas that you need to address first before you go for Mudri. But you know how they, they were in for a, a central midfielder as well, right? They they were in yeah, for the they Benfica Enzo guy. Yeah. 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 So Enzo Fernandez is still at Benfica. So they honestly, I, the Chelsea I, fans I've spoken to are baffled. They're, ba- they're baffled by this move. They, they can't believe they've spent this much money when they desperately need a midfielder because you, know, you can only have 11 players on the pitch. You can't have seven yeah. forwards, you know, yeah. and they need midfielders. This move, exactly. I mean, if we're being realistic, you know, Chelsea have an, uh, a wealth of, of talent in wide areas. They've got Joao Felix, who can play off the left. Of course, they've just brought in a very good player, arguably going to give you more of an immediate impact than Mudrik is in some senses, maybe. You've got, um, you've got Pulisic, you've got Sterling, you've got Callum Hudson-Odoi coming back in the summer. You know, you've got yeah. ZX still there. I'm sure there's... They've got 12 players. They've got 12 players in attack. I, I was seeing uh, Matt Law posting on, on Twitter uh, earlier on. Um, mm. Just remember, it's uh, uh, Ben... Um, ben, Jacobs. ben Jacobs, yeah, yes. uh, you, you know he he was uh, tweeting it earlier that you know Chelsea's board views this as a huge huge coup. So the more I think about it, the the angrier I get that when Chelsea are in the market and they're specifically looking at players that we're targeting or some other team are targeting, and they're seeing that oh that team is having success, let's go and buy the player that they want to buy. So yeah. we're a sinking ship. But you will make sure that others don't get success because we'll try and, you know, we might not be doing well, but we'll make sure that they their progress gets stalled. This sort of mentality, this sort of, you know, destructive mentality is hor- horrible for football. And, uh, mm. you know, pe- people might say I'm overreacting, but this is the sort of thing where, when we talk about, you know, ruining football, money ruining football. This is the sort of thing that, that needs to be addressed, whichever way. I, I know FFP can't do anything about it. Uh, Chelsea have figured out a way to work sure. around it and FFP doesn't work uh, as effectively as we all know. So this is something that needs addressing because now every single club that sees Arsenal are going to be like, okay, wait, let, it, let's try and start a bidding war. Arsenal don't want to go into bidding war. They want to pay a, a right fee for the, for the player. Mudrik is a 40 million player. That's a very fair price yeah, for him. That's fair, Ninety-five yeah. million was fifty-five million too too much for for my liking. I wasn't, you know, for for the move at, at that moment. But then I also understood that Mikel wants the player, and he's got a profile that really suits us. I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure he's 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 got the whole thing planned. Mm. And uh, one one of the sorry, I'm drifting off a little bit. No, but one. one of the one of the core things that I uh, understood about Arteta is that. Uh, previously, when he was a player, he used to say that I couldn't predict 
things that would happen later on in games. But now, now that I'm a manager, uh, and, and he, his other players have also said this, that he can now start to see a clearer picture of what he's going to happen. He knows what's going to happen next. So he's the sort of guy who's got this vision, who's got this plan. And thankfully, because of him and everyone else and the players and the board and management, we are at the top. We have to give them credit for that. But here's the thing, that all is not rosy. And, and, and right now, there, there's a lot of positive uh, going on in the club, and I want to stay positive, but I can also see that um, this, is a, this is a massive opportunity for us to win, win the league this season. Mm. And even if we don't win it, I know that for the next season, the season afterwards and the season afterwards, for the next three, four seasons, we'll be there. We'll be winning titles. That, mark my words, we'll be winning titles. We'll be winning the league. We'll be winning the league multiple times uh, under Mikel Arteta if we con- continue in this process, even if we don't get uh, our first choice players. But the mm-hmm. thing is that, you know, these little setbacks, it, it's something that in, in, in a wider scheme for world football, th- this is something to worry about. You know, mm-hmm. when, when you have clubs like Chelsea acting in such a destructive way in the transfer market. Yeah, no, I think we're going to see some really damaging impacts of this on the wider scope of the transfer window. I think you're right regarding the the progress that we're making in the in the team and the way in which we're planning things. And there's hope that, you know, as, as we touched upon, for those that are tuning in maybe late, if you're frustrated about this, there should be reason for hope because we missed out on Vlaovic, got Gabriel Jesus. We missed out on Lissandro Martinez, we got Zinchenko. We missed out on Buendia, we got Martin Odegaard. We are good at pivoting towards other targets. We need to do it in a quicker frame time this time around, for sure, because it needs to be within the same window. But there is reason to be hopeful about what we will still do. And if we get to the end of the window and we haven't signed people, we can have that discussion at that time. <laughs> we can Chanel, have that meltdown. <laughs> Indeed. Chanel, uh, thank you so much Tom, for coming on. I, uh, I need to wrap up. I had up. one question. Yeah, I had one question before. Very quickly. Before, very, yeah. very quickly. Uh, that is, uh, even if we don't sign anyone uh, mm. th- this window um, and we were to, like, let's say, continue in the way and Jesus and everyone was fit, where do you see us finishing? Second. Second, and if we mm. were to sign certain players, since we've got like a hundred million or probably more, now that we haven't signed Mudrik, what would mm. be your choices? Would you go for Rafinha? Would you go for a central yeah, was- midfielder? Yeah, I'd, I'd go for Rafinha if, depending on the price tag, if we're not, if then if Barcelona don't turn around and say we want eighty odd million for him, then you know they say we want the same price we paid Leeds <laughs> for the player because he's not improved or got worse in that time. He's yeah. worth the same amount. So you know, I'd, yeah, I'd spend fifty five on on Rafinha. I'd go to Brighton and say, how much do you want for for Mitoma? Um I'd go to Frankfurt and talk about Kolo Moani as a potential option as well. Uh, I think there are players out there that, you know, Arsenal target. I think in midfield, we need to make sure that we move for somebody. I'd be tempted to test the waters with West Ham and Declan Rice if we've got that kind of money available now. Um, I'd be absolutely up for doing that and seeing what they say. And then maybe bringing in a wide player like Marcus Turam on a lower figure, if it means you can get someone like Declan Rice now. I think you have to balance up the figures to make them work for certain players, of course, and then be a little bit more open to to moving away from maybe your primary targets to others but we, we need reinforcement if we don't get reinforcement I think we'll finish second I, I don't I think City's squad will ultimately uh, enable them to overtake us and we'll have further problems in the squad Smithrow coming back is big Jesus when he comes back is going to be massive so yeah, I'm still optimistic but if we don't sign yeah. anybody it's going to be a difficult end Chanel thank you so much for joining me I really appreciate it. thank you time. so much for having me no problem enjoy the day enjoy the derby fingers crossed <laughs> fingers crossed yeah fingers That's crossed right. 
Thank you, Shanur. Uh, apologies for those that didn't get to come on the show. I have put a message in the private chat explaining why I've only got a certain amount of time left and I need to wrap this one up. I've got some super chats as well to read through. Quite a few that I've missed. Daniel says, uh, we have to learn from last January. We didn't invest and came up short last season. We may not be in this position again and we need to add to the squad. Uh, the Real Yanis says, I'm not fussed uh, with missing out, but we definitely need reinforcements. It could be argued we missed out on top four because we didn't do so last season. Having said that, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic on a loan with an obligation, please. Again, another option that could be very, very helpful for us. Abdullah says, uh, this club told us that we're coming to the Emirates to compete with the likes of Bayern Munich and Real Madrid. Our owners are rich as well, and yet we can't compete with our rivals to buy a 100k per week player. Then there are some holes in that argument significantly so regarding how much we invested and also when we moved to the Emirates, who was in charge of the club then compared to now. Uh, Aya says, we lost out on Emerson. We got Tommy Asu. We lost out on Lissandra Martinez. We got uh, Zinchenko. We lost out on Vlaovic. We got Jesus. We lost out on Buendia. We got Odegaard. Guys, Mudrik is not the end-all and be-all. Pramod says, we should trust Edu. Really happy that we have not been stupid. Hashtag trust Edu. Josh says, at this point, we have to be careful, Tom. It feels like even my wife might sell me to Chelsea. (laughs) Uh, Daddy says, I don't understand some Arsenal fans after our third beard they were saying okay if something happens walk away now something's happened we've walked away and edu is getting all the criticism it makes no sense i agree so much with that point of view it's amazing how things i've seen so many accounts in my chat box that have creeped out of the little crevices of negativity today it's quite funny um i've also given the opportunity for plenty of those to come on only tabrez uh, came on with a very significantly different point of view put his points across respectfully uh kian of course came on with his own concerns and i thought we had a really good chat everybody else i think we've spoken to today can understand the point of view that we've been in the opportunity was there. I've been going for nearly two hours on this show. I had one person come on with the tagline as their name, F off. Only one person so far has tried to ruin this stream and we didn't get them on because of that. Uh, if anyone doubts me, I'm happy to send you a print screen of that. Um, but uh, yeah, very interesting indeed. Uh, thank you every everybody that's tuned in. We've had, I think, a record number of live listeners. I wish it was for more positive circumstances than it is today i think we've covered everything we possibly could do um in today's show and as in much as much detail as we could today and i'm sorry that i couldn't go on any further but i've got to do the weekly shop get home start work and hopefully cover arsenal winning their first north london derby away from home in the league since 2014 Uh, do drop a like before you go subscribe to the channel we do shows every morning at 8am they're not always a phone-in show format but they are always engaging they are always taking your questions in the chat box um so thank you so much for tuning in today and sticking with us throughout this and hopefully this has given some perspective and some reasoning and some hope as well about what might happen between now and the end of the window you can be sure that we'll be covering everything that happens between now and the window's closure between now and the end of january have a fantastic day i will see you again tomorrow morning at 8 a.m once again to break down the fallout from the game against tottenham and of course anything arteta is questioned on regarding the transfer window. I think we can be sure he's going to be asked about that in his post-match press conference. Thank you for tuning in. Genuine pleasure as always. And as always, up the Arsenal. Stop. 
Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.